With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You'll listen to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, what are we talking about tonight? Well, on Thursdays, we start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. We will jump into the fray with the political smackdown, something we haven't done in a long time. Then we're being invaded, and we're allowing it to happen. We're going to tell you how. Then we visit the wonderful world of animals because we didn't get to it last show and I need to lighten the things up a little bit. Followed by medical madness and what is your government spending your money on? If we get to it. That's it. With all the other stuff going on in the news, this is what we're going to do? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I know. Some of you have a problem with the flag. Um, need to get over it. We pledge allegiance to the flag that represents the Constitutional Republic. That thing up there is the Constitutional Republic. So I fully understand you not wanting to swear allegiance to that. You're not. You're swearing allegiance to liberty. All right, Patriots, hand over heart, face the flag. You don't have a flag, get one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, not the political smackdown in the beginning of the show. I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> That's why you said it. There's a lot. All the stuff we have to talk about, yeah, it's going to be in the political smackdown. Oh, I see. All right, I'll see if I can get one out. Are you ready to rumble? Everybody on the mountain heard that one. Good. From World Net Daily. Fox star Sean Hannity and Republican presidential hopeful Lindsey oh, Graham had some tense television moments after the South Carolina senator suggested the news host ought to quit splitting the Republican Party and fueling political dissent. 
But Lindsey Graham is a doofus. I know. I and anybody who voted him. for him last election, you are a doofus. No, that, that's not the word. Oh, I said you, as in singular. Oh. Well, all of them collectively are? Doofus I. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Lindsey Graham, come on, really? He's the amnesty boy. He stood with McCain, remember, jumping up and down, his little toupee flopping around. Uh, you didn't watch that? That was the funniest uh, C-SPAN I've ever seen. And uh, he, we have to pass this or all, all the world will end. And they didn't, and the world didn't end, and he's still doing it. Now what does he say? Oh, I'm, I'm for adding, not subtracting. He welcomes Caitlin as a very brave blah, 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 blah. So if you want, if you want inclusiveness and strong military, then vote for me. That's pretty much what he's running on. That's it. But you don't think he's gonna, he would undo Obama's executive amnesty, do you? He wanted it. He still wants it. Anyone that votes for Lizzie Graham for president during the primary, can you do me a favor? Could you go listen to the PatriotsPub.us for a while before you vote again? Actually, I want them to leave the country. <laughs> no, they just need information. There's a lot of people out there that don't they don't understand what's going on. They don't know a tenth of what's happening. Even the ones on uh, talk radio, they just still don't know everything. It's an it's just an incredible mess, and it it, it doesn't stop at George Soros. Trust me. Uh, and and now suddenly, no one knows what the CFR is. Oh, I remember uh, the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, and that's a good advisory board. Yes, it's a it's an advisory think tank created by a socialist to teach countries how to be socialist. That's their stated goal. So why is it all your candidates, your your political cockroaches out there? Why is it almost all of them belong to the CFR? I'm sorry, uh, if you put the CFR together with the Bilderberg, with the Illuminati, with, with this lawless government, with, I mean, at the EU, Russia, China, look, look what's going on. This guy has put us in more danger than the Cold War. At least under the Cold War, neither side wanted to push the button. But we have Lindsey Graham going to save the Republican Party. He's going to save the Republican Party. Oh, you know, I'd I, rather vote for Jeb Bush than Lindsey Graham, really. Uh, and that, that's saying a lot. I'd sooner break my fingers than vote for Jeb Bush. And I forgot to look this up last night and before the show. Lindsey Graham isn't married. They asked him. Um, I heard this on one of the, that, the I shows. I think that's why, um, that's why he does that parody about McCain and him. Shanklin. Yeah. Paul it, Shanklin. It, it, you know, he's, he's saying they're like butt buddies, right? Right, and they asked him about a, the first a first lady in the White House, and I'm not positive this is a true quote, but he said it would be rotating. It would be rotating. Obviously, we the people have nothing to say about it. That if you've got it all figured out, uh, we still have a lot to say about it. These primaries are important. Get all these progs. And people that, and, and for any reason, people that want to use the federal government to tell people how to live their lives. Social engineer. I don't care which side it is. Government has no business doing it. And don't vote for them. Okay. Just because they have an R after their name. 
That's that is actually true. He has never been married. Oh, that's some per insinuations. The, that's per the Washington Post. I don't really care what he does, ex except I don't want him to be in office. I don't want him to have any power. I don't want him to be able to do anything, not even lobby, because the man is dangerous. This week he offered up the PG idea of a rotating cast of first ladies. That's a, from the Washington a, So what, how do you have a rotating cast of first ladies? What the heck does that mean? Okay, look, the only other president that didn't have a first lady in the White House was Thomas Jefferson. Oh, well, I don't care about that. Lindsey Graham's not going to make it to the White House. Not in a million years. That man has, has a snowball's chance in hell. I'm telling you now. now he, Jeb Bush has a bigger shot at it than he does. Okay. Well, either way. And, 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 and Yuckabee, did he, did he throw his net thing in again? Yeah, he did. Uh, what a doofus. He should stick with the... He's making money. He does what he wants. He gets to... He gets to fake like he's a musician and jab with people. that He's really not a very good musician, by the way. Uh, I don't like what he plays with the band because he's not that good. But I, I come on, really, Yuckabee, I said it the first time. He's not a, he's a progressive. He is not a conservative. No one, Krispy Kreme isn't a conservative either. Nobody that's a, threw their hat in the ring is a conservative. I'm not sure Jindal is, frankly, by looking at the way he governed for Los Angeles, uh, Louisiana. Again... Louisiana is not the nation. This I said this about the country's mayor. Remember that nonsense? It wasn't the country's mayor. It's the mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. And once he left there and ran for president, what did I say? I wouldn't vote for him in a million years to be president. But you said he was a good mayor for New York City. He was for New York City. Those people are so far left, it doesn't matter. Uh, but he kept on well, voting for him for president. You know president. what the sick part about all this is? That if... We went back to the Constitution. The president would have nothing to do with us unless we could give a rat's behind what the, who the hell was up there. It's really true. It would have. It's not supposed to have anything to do with us. The whole national government is not supposed to have anything to do with us. Uh, that's why these unfair tax people. Could you cut it out? It's a progressive. It's a compressive. A progressive tax. It guarantees a certain percentage of GDP to the government, which they're not going to need when we take the country back because all that unconstitutional crap ain't going to be going on, and that's what costs us all the money. It's all going to go away. And no, it's not, no, Social Security won't be first. All the bureaucracies will be first. We'll be weaning people off Social Security. We'll be weaning people off. And now, okay, so let's, let's, let's do a little common sense thing here. Let's say, okay, you, you buy into all the crap, that complicated nonsense. Uh, I read a whole book about an uncomplicated tax. You are... Demanding that businesses collect taxes for the government. And I know you people in states, some of you, most of you already do that. Well, you should not be happy about the fact you think that's a good idea. And who are you to enslave the business owners to the national government or the state government or the local government? We're supposed to be above them. Not we'll work for them. Collect your own damn taxes. But no, it, it, all right, it's a consumption tax. So pretty much... The majority of the country, the way it is right now, will be spending every last penny they make. So they will be they will be taxed on every last penny they make because they spend it. Oh, but Brian, here's where the prebate comes in. Ooh, I'm only Twitter. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Poor people get a prebate. If you're under a certain amount, you get before the year. You just get a prebate. You get this money handed to you. So you have the money to pay your tax by the government giving somebody else's tax money to you, the poor guy. 
no good, right? <laughs> this is not what we want. See, why does Lindsey Graham split the party? The party is split. In fact, it's fractured. There's <laughs> more than two factions. It's just, it is just a mess. There's like three factions in the Republican Party right now. You got the Tea Party Liberty people. You got the the party elites like Lindsey Graham, right? And you all know what the last one is. But um, let's see. <clears throat> he really thinks he has a chance, I gather. Maybe they are rigging the election. If he becomes president of the United States, I'm convinced there's no point in going to vote anymore because they've got it rigged. And they got it rigged good enough that they can win every election without ever losing one guaranteed. That's the only reason they're doing this. But, you know, you people, you trust the government. Go ahead. You know, I remember when I trusted the government. I, I could reach back and smack myself in the head. But, uh, you know, I, I was born a liberal into the liberal society. Uh, and when I got away from it and half a brain in my head, I became conservative, as most people do. Now, the ones like Rachel Madcow, they keep going. It, she's old enough now that she's still spewing this nonsense. She doesn't have a brain. I know she sounds smart, but she's not. She says some of the stupidest things, and she's fighting for her own enslavement. And looky here, the first sentence. In contact of discussing how Hannity and MSLSD host Rachel Madcow have both polarized the American public, Graham told the Fox host, I've come to conclude that the Republican Party and the country as a whole needs to knock off some of this stuff. Really, Lindsay? What? What stuff do we have to knock off? And in context, Hannity, Rachel Madcow is a cliff dweller. Hannity is not a right-wing cliff dweller. He's a conservative. He's that, I don't consider him that radical at all. He's actually kind of milk toast. But, hey, you, you got to like him, right? Uh, but Madcow, what's to like about her? Right down to her new look. She looks like a boy. Uh, is pedophilia in and amongst lesbians now? Graham initially aired his opinion in a previous interview with the National Broadcasting of Broadcasting of Con Communism. I'm getting all stuck in my throat here tonight. I can't stand that this man is even thinking he could run for president. I, I, I'd rather the porn star throw, go back and run for president. So, uh, all right, so Graham initially aired his opinion on the previous interview with NBC host Chuck Todd. Well, I don't even know who this guy is. While imagining a scene in which Hannity and Mad Cow, who come from polar political opposites, no, they don't. Uh, I may be polar politically opposite to Mad Cow, not Hannity. No, he hasn't come. He hasn't come over to the dark side enough yet. All right, uh, polar opposites might have a conversation with Benjamin Franklin. Well, crap! If I could have a conversation with Benjamin Franklin, why would we be listening to you? During that June the 2nd interview, Graham said, you know, Ben Franklin comes outside and Rachel Madcow and Sean Hannity jump on him. Don't give, don't give in, Ben. Just think how hard it is in today's 24-7 news cycle with talk radio, cable television, and money. There is a group telling you to say no about everything. Yes. Right, because everything you want to do is illegal. And th all the things you already have done are illegal. Oh. 
I'm constantly saying, just say no. Illegal, illegal, illegal. The criminals. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and they are in complete violation of it. I say throw them behind bars and don't give them orange glazed chicken for lunch. Get the hottest was important news on the internet delivered free to your inbox as soon as it breaks. <laughs> Just take 30 seconds and sign up for World Net Daily's email news alerts. Yes, I do voiceover work if you like. <laughs> oh, and uh, Rooster Cogburn <laughs> agrees with you, putting him all in jail. He was quite vocal. But they have to, we, we got to stop feeding people good jail. First of all, I don't want people going into jail being like a 150-pound weekly and coming out being a 225-pound monster. <laughs> That, that's not exactly the kind of rehabilitation we're looking for from prison. We don't want more dangerous, stronger, faster, healthier criminals, because that's what happens. Freedom Girl make them break big blocks into small blocks if that's what you want to do, but don't let them have a gym. You play basketball, you can walk around in circles. I don't care. Monkey's in a cage. Don't care. Here's your oatmeal. Shut up. Right, Rue. You're right. I feed my chickens better. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> I can't believe this guy's doing this. Hannity, during his own interview with Graham, told him he posts solutions on his website for all to see. Absolutely you have solutions, Graham said, Politico reported. But so does Rachel Madcow. No, she doesn't. She has nothing, their solution to nothing except happiness. They wish to make us serfs. That's what the left wants. This, we don't have a right to have desire for things and stuff and we making money and all these things are evil. You you should just dress it, dress in gray, you know, stand in line for your cheese and bread and be a happy little proletariat. That's what Rachel Madcar wants for the country. She doesn't have solution one. She's bought into it 100%. She's a Kool-Aid drinker. She's either a operative directly from the Communist Party of the United States of America, or she's a useful idiot. Either way, nobody should watch her show. Oh, wait, like nobody does. More people just heard about Rachel Redcow on my show right now than on MSLSD. Huh. That's what happens. Nobody really wants to listen to that hateful left-wing tripe. As Hannity pointed, Martin Luther King Jr. was a polarizing figure, but still made great civil rights gains. Ronald Reagan, too, was identified by many as polarizing when he fought General Ford, General Ford, uh, <coughs> Gerald Ford, for the GOP nomination in 1976, Hannity said. General Ford. Oh, that's a Well, he was. He was for a while. He was a five-star general. Commander-in-chief. <coughs> what a mistake that was. That was worse than Nixon. Graham stood fast, however, and said many of Hannity's solutions are unworkable. For instance, shutting down the federal government over Obamacare made zero sense to me, said Pillico reported, and the GOP needs to knock off some of this stuff, he finished. Uh, we would like the damn government shut down every day because all the crap you're spewing out of there like a factory is illegal and steals our liberty. So we don't actually want you to go to Washington and get things done. We want you to go to Washington and get things undone. Actually, all we need to do is just say no. But we're not counting on you anyway, Lindsay. Uh, we've proven that no way we're going to win this by elections. So we're going back to the grassroots. Yes, elections locally. I'm just talking about nationally. And I, it's time to take our schools back immediately before our children are... 
unbelievably times to the power of 10 screwed up in their brain over Common Core uh, with this uh, Common Core nonsense. You don't know. Just say no to Common Core. Absolutely not. No. It will destroy your child's brain permanently. Don't let them do it. Please get them out of school. There's other options. You've got internet options. You've got Montessori-type schools. You get all kinds of stuff out there. Get your kid out of those centers because look at the millennials we complain about. Well, what do you think turned them into millennials? I don't know why they don't like the name. The name's not condescending at all. Millennium, that's a problem. Uh, but the way they behave, I guess. Look, they were indoctrinated in the public school system and the university system they come out of there it's like a meat grinder you wonder why they're stupid uh entitled uh, they think white people stink and the country's horrible and there should be a living minimum wage of 50 dollars an hour and, and noodle boy and, well then there's noodle boy that thinks <laughs> the, oh, the workers should own the business and the business owner should work with them if if it's okay with him that he's not the boss then sure, if he's he's got something he can add to, then he could be part of it. It's his business. What 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 are you talking about? Noodle Boy was great. We got to get that clip up again. They're playing it more often. Noodle Boy, Noodle Boy, Noodle Boy. I'll get it up right but now. But we, the people, <laughs> not only did we let them, we dropped them off at the indoctrination centers. It's child abuse. Enough. Now they're going to make it worse. Get out. Just get out. And no, charter schools aren't out. Charter schools get money from the federal government just the same as public school. So it's basically a fancy public school. And it doesn't actually get your kid out of the meat grinder now, does it? I just got Noodle Boy up. You got Noodle Boy up that fast? Yep. Wow, play it. I, I love I want to hear it. Okay, I'll play it. <laughs> Hold on, I got to put it in the queue. What would you say about those who would say classism works in the, in the same way? Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself. And most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, you don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant, and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, we're told exactly what we're going to cook, how we're going to cook it, what time we're going to get there, and basically if they don't like what they're doing, they try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so we don't, we're not able to actually cooperate in a way that we make decisions together. I try to convince my, my fellow employees that we should have a union at Noodles so it's a source of power to, to start with. And then I think in terms of the bigger picture, when you look at revolutions, the way that you actually get rid of any sort of dictatorship um, is by having workers take control of the place where they work. Would your plan, your vision for noodles, sure. would it include the owner? What capacity we, would he be granted? Owner, if the owner wanted to cooperate with us as an equal and provide his skills that he had, we would definitely cooperate with him. We'd have to advocate his position as being an owner and controller of us, and he would have to recognize that we we run this together. And basically, if he doesn't want to cooperate with us, he's against us. Wow. <laughs> it's You come to work, he tells you what to do. If you don't do what he wants you to do, he, he, he lets you go, he gets rid of you. That, that's, that's a dictatorship. <laughs> Uh, 
yes, I'm paying you to work for me, and so you do whatever the hell I tell you. I don't know why that's so hard. Oh, right, they went through the indoctrination center and bought into all this commie crap. You know, that's the gift that keeps on giving, just like Melissa Harris Perry. That's what all these left loons think, that they want the the employees to be equal with the owners. See, the owner had the vision. The the idiots that work for him, they're just idiots that work. they got no skills. They're minimum wage workers. You're lucky he hires you. Well, they won't be pretty soon because they're kind of not going to be able to afford minimum wage workers the way they're going. And, you know, France is like, screw this, McDonald's in France. They fired everybody and put in robots. That's right. In Europe, they have robotic McDonald's. And we'll have it here. Oh, yeah, he already did it unilaterally. The whole federal government now, minimum wage, 10 10 an hour. That That's your money, not his. See, when a when a owner of a business gives you a raise, the owner gives you more of his money. When Obama gives people a raise, he gives people your money. And I hope you're happy about the fact that you don't have any money anymore. The overwhelming majority of us are strapped. The food banks are stretched overly thin. Uh, the charities aren't up to snuff because the government's been taking every, care of everybody for so long that they push them out of the out of the business of charity. Charity had go they got to go elsewhere. I know people in the you know Amish they have to go elsewhere to do ministry because there's no place here in, the, in America for them to do it, and they have to do it as part of their religion. So. That's pretty sad. Well, we live in a place where, you know, charity is frowned upon, but taking money from the government is applauded. Before FDR, this is, is upside down. It was the other way around. There's no embarrassment taking charity from people, but you'd never take money from the government because that's the theft you're stealing from other people. They understood that then. So shortly after jumping into the political race, Graham's campaign set its sights on fellow Republican Rand Paul, suggesting if Rand is the party 2016 nominee, Republicans could lose the foreign policy debate. Um, I don't know if you notice, we don't want a someone that wants to start a war at the drop of a hat like you, Lindsay. I mean, what are you, an idiot? Wars should be just... It, willy-nilly and we shouldn't be mucking around in other people's countries affairs either look how well it's all worked out for us you got to think long run people and that's short run and the short run those short look good putting people into power in the middle east and then what happened long run uh we had to pay to get them out we paid to get them in and we paid to get them out congratulations america you you're nothing but a bunch of suckers all of us nothing but a bunch of suckers we're going into debt borrowing money from China while we give China foreign aid. We're, we're watching Russia start acting like the USSR again. And what do we do? We give Russia foreign aid. What the hell, ladies and gentlemen? Foreign aid's unconstitutional at all. There's nothing in the Constitution that allows them to dip into the treasury for another country's welfare. Uh, no, does it exist? Period. I don't care what SCOTUS says. The federal courts have been stealing power from us since day one. And this guy helps them. Meanwhile, Paul called Graham and Senator John McCain 
the rhino of Arizona, the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, lapdogs for the Obama's foreign policy. Look, this thing hawk versus non-hawkish makes made a lot of sense when we didn't have some people wanting to go to such extremes. I mean, yes, hawkish. Someone, someone blew up the World Trade Center. Someone bombed New York City. Okay, well, that's how wars start. Off to Afghanistan we go. Not a problem. I started having a problem when we're going into Iraq, except for the fact, see, the UN, all you left-wing loons love so much, they had 17 resolutions against Iraq and Saddam Hussein, and he was in non-compliance constantly. Not to mention, he was firing at our planes flying over the no-fly zone. And that is an act of war. That breaks a ceasefire. And then we never had a treaty or a ceasefire. So I couldn't have a problem with him going to war because they're constantly committing acts of war against us and we're doing nothing about it. So you know, I guess enough was enough. What are you going to do when timeout for your kid doesn't work? Are you going to let him turn into a monster and end up in prison or some kind of social beast? Are you going to teach him some matters with what's left? Corporal punishment. Whether it be spankings, exercise running, whatever. Giving no dessert for a month, I don't care. Whatever, no TV for a month, I don't I'll kill them. That includes computers and, and uh, cell phones. <laughs> they won't know what to do with themselves. They've, they've never had any time where they didn't have a place to be occupied. It's either the phone or the tablet or the laptop or the desktop computers. Or the, it's, it's all, you know, they're always doing something. When they have nothing to do, they'll start bouncing off the walls. Uh, meanwhile, I, I am not concerned about Lindsey Graham because unless the whole thing's rigged, he can't win. It's just, a, I don't care. You're not going to win on saying, I'm going to go to war. I'm going to I'm gonna stop Iran. And everybody knows there's only one way to stop Iran is with force. It's ISIS, same thing. You're going to put boots on the ground. Come on, what's, what's, your, what's your big plan? Except you always want to blow things up. I get that. I like it too. But uh, you, buy, you buy the explosives next time, okay? Uh, we don't want to pay for your fun, your fireworks, your, your vision of the world. You don't understand. I understand that you're working to enslave Americans. You're working for the new world order of global socialism. I think most of us by now have figured that out or paid attention. I know there's a lot of people they call them, you know LIV, low information voters, but I think they're getting more informed. I I think they're showing for one they're listening more to internet talk radio than talk radio talk radio. So that's that's a pretty good deal for us. Well, why? Because if 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 we can get this acceptable and you can make a little money off advertising, then your favorite shows stay around, right? But if if not, if a person can't afford to stay, keep doing it, then they have to go away. So it's good that it's becoming a viable business model. It's nowhere near like talk show. I mean, I I make nothing on advertising really. But it's it helps. It helps keep the internet turned on the little we do get. And just I haven't done this spiel in a long time. We do have some commercial commercials, as you have noted, they're not all parodies. And we've tried to choose the ones that best go with the people who listen to the show. We do not get paid to air those commercials. The only way we get paid is if you write down the phone number or the website and use that to go look at the product because that 
then we get paid. That triggered. That's what we get paid for. If you call the number or go to the website through the information we give you on the commercial, then we'll get paid. Then the advertiser gets paid. Everybody's happy. But if if you do it on your own later, like you just jot the name down, look at a plate, and go on your own, we won't get paid anything. The ad company won't get paid anything, and the only people that'll be happy are the company you're going to buy maybe buy something from. That said, we we don't want you to just call the numbers just to because you want us to make money and you're not interested in the product. That would be dishonest, and we don't do that. We're not the other side. <laughs> That's no good. All right, we're going to go to a commercial break. Some cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Uncooperative Radio Show merchandise is now available at cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio At this wonderful site you will find hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs and bumper stickers and much much more Merchandise slogans include I am an uncooperative citizen. Become an uncooperative citizen. I am an uncooperative citizen and damn proud of it. And the Constitution is the solution. So visit cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio today 
and become an uncooperative citizen. That's cafepress.com forward slash uncooperative radio. Radio show. I want to thank all of our f- fine listeners out there who did call and uh, looked at our advertisers. Thank you very much. All right, from cnsnews.com. You're going to love this one. <laughs> Brian does a cold show for the ones that are just first joining us for the first time. I mean, um, he never knows what I'm going to give him. Even if he gives me stuff to put on the show, he never knows. <laughs> he likes to be surprised. Otherwise, it's a canned show. I might as well do a podcast. I know that's how other talk show hosts do things, but I'm not the talk radio show host. That's what can I tell you. I think you've probably figured that out already. Between January and March of 2015, a record 1,336 Americans renounced their U.S. citizenship, according to a quarterly report by the Internal Revenue Service that was published in the Federal Register. Um, this has been going on for a while. They need to. We take, end up reporting on uh, at least twice a year. We, they need the commies need to to do this. The commies need to leave and renounce their citizenship. Yeah, but they're not the ones leaving. It, it's actually the cons, the conservative money makers that are leaving, and that's the problem. They leave us with all the redistribution of wealth, social justice crowd. I never signed any social contract with you, and neither did I imply one. The list includes long-term permanent residents who are considered American citizens under the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. HIPAA, the IRS noted. The previous record was 1,130 in the second quarter of 2013, according to Treasury Department data. A record total of 3,415 Americans renounced their citizenship last year, according to the quarterly publication of individuals who have chosen to expatriate. Yeah, if we could just get all the commies to do this. We got a couple of them, but, well, Johnny Depp and Madonna and Paltrow come to mind. I say they shouldn't be able to come here and make money and go back there. That's what I say. Why wow, we got people out of work? You don't think you don't think they could just pick someone off the street and they could be an actor? Well, how do you think they found John Wayne, Charles Bronson, and oh, don't forget Dirty Harry, Clint Eastwood? All right, uh, where were we? In a survey conducted by the University of Kent between December 2014 and January 2015. 1,546 U.S. citizens and former citizens were asked why they no longer wanted to be Americans. Survey participants stated that high taxes were the primary reason for renouncing their citizenship. But the survey also found that contrary to popular belief, income was not a key factor in their decision. Of those who have renounced or relinquished U.S. citizenship, 142 of the total respondents Nearly half, 
43%, have annual pre-tax household incomes of under $100,000 USD. That is surprising. There is similarly very different, little difference in renunciation and tension between those with lower incomes and those with higher incomes. Of U.S. citizen respondents with annual household incomes under $100,000 USD. 28% are actively thinking of renouncing U.S. citizen of U.S. citizen respondents with incomes above 250,000 USD. 33% are actively thinking of doing so. In 2014, the government raised the fee for those wishing to formally relinquish relinquish their U.S. citizenship from $450 to $2,350. I I can renounce my citizen very easily. I renounce it. Do something about it. I'm just saying, it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I'm not paying you $2,000. I don't know. It seems to be like they're not taxing them correctly. If you make money here, you tax them before the money leaves. There's no reason to say you can't leave without paying us. All right, I got a question. I <laughs> that guy in uh, AQI who was a U.S. citizen that Obama's blew up and his son. Well, they claim, and I I showed that he did actually renounce his citizenship by his actions. However, they're saying you can't relinquish your U.S. citizenship unless you pay them. I don't think he paid them. So that means he just assassinated two U.S. citizens. Well, not just last year. All right. um, But nearly a third of those surveyed say they are still thinking about doing it anyway. Of the U.S. citizen respondents, 31% have actively thought about renouncing U.S. citizenship, and 3% are in the process of doing so, the survey noted. I don't blame you. But I can't imagine where you're going that's better. Not in the, not in the tax taxable income that we're, they're talking about. Rich people, yeah. Corporations, yes, because we have now have the highest corporate tax rate in the world. Who do you think the corporations want to do business with? The highest or the lowest tax? I'm confused, Brian. In the beginning, you said it includes long-term permanent residents who are considered American citizens under the HIPAA law. So they're really not citizens, and they're only considered citizens because of the HIPAA law? Uh-huh. They're treated as citizens. They're not citizens. Not a citizen because you have a, you have a visa to come over here. I know that, but that's... They're talking permanent... Legal permanent residents are are immigrants. Okay, that's what I'm... They are confused. aliens, that's what I was to be precise. About. So we're talking about if half of these people are aliens anyway. Right. Well, no one cares about that. Well, they can't renounce it, so I don't know why they were counting it. You can't renounce something you don't have. That's why I was confused when you said that. I think what they're trying to say is they've now decided they'd rather not become citizens. Okay, so this was just put together poorly. <laughs> yes, this is journalism in Which the I'm current surprised. century. It's World Met Daily. They usually do a good job. Well, you can tell right there that they didn't because you took how long to figure out that if you're not a citizen, you can't give up your citizenship. <laughs> I'm just saying. You can't give up something you don't have. Now, they may, they should have said, have given up on citizenship. See how easy that was? Just change one sentence. The whole thing's fixed. 
but he, they get paid to do it. All right, uh, blah, 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 blah. The record number of American natives who have renounced their U.S. citizenship is in sharp contrast to the much larger rise in immigrants coming to America. An estimated 41.3 million immigrants, both legal and illegal, currently live in the United States. Pfft, more than that. That just comprises the illegal aliens. And their numbers grew by 1.4 billion people between 2010 and 2013. Okay, according to the Census Bureau. Okay, let me try and explain what I just said back there, because I know some of you going, what do you mean by that? <laughs> the, numbers, the record number of American natives... Didn't say natural-born citizen, notice. Native-born. Who have renounced their U.S. citizenship is in sharp contrast to the much larger rise in immigrants coming to America. An estimated 41.3 million immigrants, both legal and illegal. That'd be impossible because how many years ago, uh, under Bush, they were telling us it was 11 million illegal aliens in the country, right? They have, st they have stayed with 11, 12 million for all these years. Through... Now it's going to be four administrations. Uh, so, yeah, with they're not counting the illegals right by by definition. Unless nobody's coming across the border anymore, how can we still have eleven or twelve million illegal immigrants? If, if, if they there are still people coming across that border every day, so it can't stay the same. Yet they tell you the same number for over a decade now. Oh, you think? <laughs> You might think they're pulling the wool over your eyes or something, huh? I mean, don't play follow the queen, whatever you do. And, and, so could they currently live in the 90s? And uh, their numbers grew by 1.4 million between 10 and 2010 and 2013. The largest number, 11.6 million, are from Mexico. Yes, you heard me, Mexico. I told you the overwhelming majority of illegal aliens in this country are Mexican. According to the American Community Survey conducted by the Census Bureau in 2013, 54.9% of the foreign-born population are not citizens of the United States, and only 15.6% speak English exclusively. Wow. Did you hear that? 54.9% of the foreign-born population are not citizens of the United States. Why would that be so? Why do we need all? Why you know, they keep telling them we need to go overseas to get workers because there's no one capable of doing it here. No, there's no one capable of doing it here for what you're willing to pay them. Uh, this has been a scam for a long time. They put an ad in the paper as required. They go through the interview process, but they don't. They hire whoever they expected to hire anyway. It doesn't matter, and that's how they get around it. Fifty-four point nine percent of the foreign-born population should not be not citizens. Illegal aliens, for God's sakes, no. <clears throat> you know, uh, it's one thing Savage definitely gets right. Uh, you can't have a country without borders and, and a language, and culture, of course. But the, see, the language comes with the culture, but that's another story. We also got to start embracing God in our public square again. More, you, I keep hearing more speech, not less, unless it's religious, right? Well, separation of church and state. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't say that. It says Congress shall pass no law. That's the first requirement. Congress has to pass a law. So, you know, a teacher praying in school or wearing a crucifix or whatever, that, that doesn't rise to Congress passing a law just because it's a, it's a federally subsidized school. 
But that's the answer to everything. Well, I'll tell you, that was one of the big changes in America that ended up destroying what we have. That's why the kids are so screwed up. When they took prayer to school, notice how downhill the schools went fast. Hey, I just deal with history and facts. You guys figure out the rest for yourselves. So the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS, explained that during the next decade, immigrants will make up the largest share of the U.S. population ever recorded in American history. The Census Bureau projected the future size of the immigrant foreign-born population and found that by 2023, immigrants will account for more than one in seven U.S. residents, 51 million people. That's the voting block that the Democrats are reaching for. The Republicans want it too, but they don't understand they can't get it. It can only go to the Dems. They, no, they, south of the border, yeah, they're Catholics, but they're socialists. And if you haven't paid attention, there's a socialist there's a pope in the Catholic Church. That doesn't help at all, now, does it? They have family values. Yeah, they, 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 they like to stay together and not get divorced. Most civilized people do. Yes, I'm calling us uncivilized. Uh, <laughs> but this is just trying to change the whole, whole of what America is. This is trying to transform it. He told you he was going to tr- fundamentally transform America, and he's still doing it. He says he's doing it. Well, did, did you not understand what it meant? I bet you thought it was all that openness and transparency. That's what he was talking about, right? Bringing a new tone to Washington. By the way, I hate to break it to you, but that's what George W. Bush said, too. Uh, it, so you can see what I'm saying here. And he didn't bring trans parentness to Washington, did he? Uh, They've dropped the Iron Curtain in Washington. We're in trouble, folks. There ain't no doubt about it. But we have a plan. Work the plan. Don't get depressed. Just work the plan. And just say no. Lindsey Graham. (laughs) Forget it. Lindsey doesn't know the meaning of the word no, first of all. Like, sadly, so many females in our country now. You know, and I didn't know he was never married. That raises a whole nother bunch yeah, of We issues. covered that already. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really care. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Maybe he'll be the first lady. <laughs> From Fox News, a Department of Homeland Security whistleblower testified Thursday that the retaliation against her for probing a controversial visa program was so extensive she was told she couldn't carry her own or own a personal weapon. A step she described as a constitutional rights violation and just one of several ways she was punished for speaking out. Now, nobody is talking about this. I did scour. Fox is the only one that's talking about it. And this is really important because now they're eating their own. Well, this is whistleblowers. That's a whole nother group. That's Snowden people. Snowden is a whistleblower. He did. He blew it. You can say what you want, but he did blow a lot of whistles. The stuff we didn't know the government was doing, and they were doing it, and they weren't telling us. And that's not only illegal, we're the boss. You don't get to do stuff to the boss and keep your job. We got to start remembering who's in charge. And by the way, we outnumber them. Oh, I don't care if they could get the whole army behind them. We still outnumber them. Not that history proves that the majority will do any such thing. It will be a minority again. 
And we do want to point all. out that we had a whistleblower on this radio show many, many years ago, and it was under George W. Bush. So We had two. Okay, we had two, and it was under George W. It was, Bush. It was the uh, Mar- honest, Mar- chief. Mar- honest chief. That was the chief of the police Par- parts. for the... Um, not, yeah. I'm trying to think what they call where all the museums and monuments are. Uh, the mall. The Washington Mall. She was responsible for for that, and she said that she doesn't have enough police officers to make it safe because people getting mugged and, and burglared and all kinds of stuff in there uh, under guns and stuff because there's no there's not a police presence there. And she just said, all she said was, "It's the best job I could do with what I have." And they didn't want to hear that. They fired her, and uh, but she won. And then there was Dar- Darlene. What, what was what was her nickname? Uh, that was about the drugs coming in with the illegal aliens on the trains, and they weren't. She wasn't allowed to do her job, which was to check the trains for contraband, because someone high up said, uh, "Don't inspect this one." So she blew the whistle on what was going on. She was being ordered not to do her job and to let drugs come into this country. And that is a conspiracy of the highest order with a foreign entity. These are all high crimes and misdemeanors. I keep trying to explain. I know it's confusing, but look it up. High crimes are just when high people, people in high office abuse their power. We're way beyond that, ladies and gentlemen. Every one of them up there are, are in violation. Not not one. No, I'm sorry. It's not one. It's not. Even, he's not there anymore. Even Ron Paul. Just because he, because he, he get the amendments to put the pork into the bill, but then he wouldn't vote for his own amendment. So he said he didn't vote for it, but it was his amendment that they amended the bill with. And his answer is, but I voted against it. Now, I understand why he's, says he's doing what he's doing and i don't necessarily disagree with it but i do did disagree with the way he did it that was deceitful underhanded and slimy and uh, that's why i don't trust ron paul as far as you could throw him. dr no dr n- no nothing i know nothing we need schultz we need schultz i know nothing <laughs> this kind of reminds me of lindsey graham the way he speaks all right, from Fox News. The Department- you did that already. I did? Yes, you did the whole first paragraph. Thank you. Okay. Oh, that's why the cursor's <laughs> down there telling me where I'm supposed to go. Yes. You know, I get so into my head when I'm talking about this stuff that when I turn back, I have no idea where I was. <laughs> Taylor Johnson, a senior special agent in the Homeland Security Investigations Division of Immigration and Custom Enforcement, testified at a Senate hearing alongside whistleblowers from several other agencies who claim to have faced similar harassment. And we're going to have to pick this up on the other side of the break. So Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it, what is in it, what is in it. Thank you for caring so much about our health and welfare. 
Oh, 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 be careful, Mr. President. There is a cliff here. You know what? Maybe this isn't going to help. Maybe you're better off not having the surgery, but taking the painkiller. No, no, I need a pacemaker. Make no mistake about it. President Obama and the Democrats who supported Obamacare began throwing seniors off the cliff back on March 30th, 2010, when they voted to cut Medicare's budget by $575 billion. Don't worry, Grandma. We've got you. Here are the facts the president doesn't want you to know about how Obamacare will impact the health and welfare of your loved ones. Obamacare puts into law the ominous Independent Payment Advisory Board, which is a medical services rationing board, about which the Wall Street Journal reported, for the first time an unelected group will be empowered to limit health spending for the vulnerable elderly. In plain English, that means, as a result of the passage of Obamacare, Based on factors such as your age and eligibility, 15 faceless bureaucrats will be making life and death decisions on whether or not you and your loved ones will receive the care you need and deserve as a doctor and as an American. That is simply unacceptable. The Congressional Budget Office originally estimated that Obamacare would cost taxpayers $938 billion dollars and then just 10 months later revised those costs upwards to 1.45 trillion dollars. Medicare is already on life support and now Congress wants you to entrust them with the nation's entire health care system. You know he's right. I'm Dr. Chris Held and all of us agree Medicare needs to be reformed but it needs to be reformed in a way that will allow the next generation of seniors to choose the health plan that suits them best. I'm Dr. Jane Hughes. We understand that reform doesn't begin or end with our nation's seniors. If Obamacare is not stopped, your family's insurance decisions and major medical decisions will be decided for you by a small group of politically appointed government bureaucrats. We're not politicians. We're doctors. And as doctors, we don't treat Republicans or Democrats. We treat people. The first step to reform of America's health care system is repeal. Repeal of the highly politicized and deeply flawed Obamacare. To see firsthand what true patient-centered health care reform looks like, please join us at AmericanDoctorsForTruth.org. Help us reform the system while protecting your health care from arbitrary government controls. Let's do it right this time. New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. Barry's the man, 
who never had any other plan except the you damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south from the can you dig it? You see this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your happy meal! But I don't want to! The Shaft, now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Show and we're back and we're we're talking about uh, legal immigration, custom enforcement, and whistleblowers. And that was Paul Shanklin, Obama, the, the shaft. <laughs> he does such good work. He, some, he, he does. He does. <laughs> so anyway, where were we? Uh, Taylor Johnson, a senior special agent in the Homeland Security Investigations Division of Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, testified at a Senate hearing alongside whistleblowers from several other agencies who claimed to have faced a similar harassment. Johnson told lawmakers she ran into resistance after investigating the so-called EB-5 program, which offers visas to investors. She said she looked into the program over concerns about security risks questioning whether visas were being approved with little scrutiny. But Johnson said her managers began to hear complaints about her queries. Soon she was removed from the investigation, and the case was closed. From there it got worse. Johnson told the Senate Homeland Security Committee her weapon and credentials were taken, her government vehicle was confiscated, and her access to the building where she worked and government databases was revoked. Further, she said, I was told I couldn't even carry or own a personal weapon, which is a constitutional rights violation. How could they tell her that? Because they're going to put her on a list and she can't pass a NICS check. That's how. This is unbelievable, Brian. When no, I, when this I got is this... nothing. They've been doing stuff like this. The things with the banks are unbelievable, making it so that gun dealers can't have a bank account that's unbelievable they got the idea from the pot people just so you know all right um johnson also asserted that when a social worker tried to verify her employment the worker was told johnson had been terminated over a criminal offense why is a social worker looking into her because obviously she's destitute my god Choking up, Johnson testified, I almost lost my one-year-old child. She wasn't terminated, though. Instead, Johnson said she was told to report to another building that houses inmates and processes parolees. She said she was held a hostage by my own agency. Welcome to the wonderful world of bureaucracy. The bureaucrats. We're going to have a, a sitcom about that. No, it'll be like a cop show. The bureaucrats. 
Agents and officers need to be valued by management, not punished when they disclose factual and important information to our leadership, Johnson said. The Homeland Security Department says ICE does not restrict an individual's right to carry a personal firearm, and it is up to the laws of the state where a person lives. No, it's not. I just told you how they do it. You will not pass an ICE check. You can't buy a firearm. You can't even have a firearm shift to a gun dealer because you can't pass an ICE check. And by the way, all that nonsense they've been throwing out there on the air, I heard about the you could get guns mail order. I'm putting an end to mail order your guns. We put an order to mail order guns in the 60s, unfortunately. You cannot mail order. You cannot buy one online and have it shipped to you unless you have an FFL license. You have to have, make arrangements with a local FFL gun dealer to take possession of the firearm and transfer it for you after doing a NICS check. Yes. Be- I, it has been like that long before Obamas got around and before Bush. Uh, we had to do that twice. Yes. And I remember because in Alaska, I was parked outside in this little teeny car. We, my, our Land Rover was getting repaired because we were getting ready to go, go back to the lower 48. And I'm in this little car, this little rent-a-car uh, with my dog. And again, and I'm going to bring up more moose stories because we're going to have to do a moose story. And there's a moose just da, 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 coming towards the car. I'm like, oh, no. Cause, a know. big Alaskan moose. <laughs> Not these little itty bitty moose no, down the lower 48. Like, oh no! Please do not step over my car. I didn't even know if they had that What's kind it? of insurance. It wasn't your car. <laughs> of course they do. They have moose insurance. It's called it's called collision comprehensive. It covers everything. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I was waiting in the car for Brian when he was at the dealer to get our gun shipped back to the lower 48. No, laugh. A lot of people die in the winter time because of moose. Well, we, actually, we have a moose story. <laughs> okay. Homeland <laughs> So they're trying to say they can't restrict. Of course they can. They're the national government. You have to, unless your state runs its own separate NICS check like Florida used to do. They used to do their own. Uh, obviously, it doesn't matter. They use the same lists and database. If you're on a list, you're not going to get a gun. They can go get it privately, private sale, though. They want to end that, too. They want to make it, if we have a private-to-private person sell a firearm, we have to go and pay uh, a gun dealer to run the background check so that the gun can be legally transferred. That This is the kind of nonsense they want. It, this is just a start. And before you LIV people get crazy, this is just a start. The, the goal is always to confiscate and get rid of all weapons in the country. And the minute they succeed in that, you will no longer be in the United States of America. You will be under the complete control of the United Nations. Rue agrees. He doesn't like it. He, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want the white trucks. He doesn't want to have to stand in line for his chicken feed. <laughs> but as Thursday for a comment on Johnson's claims, a DHS spokeswoman said, they do not comment on specific personal matters. The officials stress that the department takes whistleblower protection very seriously and protects their right to engage in protected activity. Sure, sure you do. Similarly, the department takes allegations of misconduct very seriously, the officials said in the statement to foxnews.com. Any allegations of misconduct are appropriately investigated, and any employee, regardless of rank or seniority, who has committed provable misconduct will be held accountable. Lotus State added provable, right? 
When both an allegation of misconduct and a claim of whistleblower protection occur, the department follows the law to resolve these issues appropriately. Now, who was saying on one of the news channels we were listening, they put a quote on by somebody, that the Obama administration has the least amount of scandals of any administration. They literally said that with a straight face. Really? Okay. List GW's. All of GW. Go, go for that. Go, go find all the scandals under George W. Bush. And that we already know how many scandals there are above it is. And it, we didn't scratch the surface yet. You've got to be kidding me. This is what they do, though. They go out and say these lies, and they, and they, but they know some people are going to believe them. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. If it wasn't effective, they wouldn't do it. But they do because it is effective. They just say it loud enough and long enough, and people start believing you. That's, that's what they say. The EB-5 program has come under criticism before, said Johnson. <clears throat> and Johnson was hardly the only official with questions about it. A recent Inspector General report concluded Homeland Security Department Secretary Alejandro Marcus. Why would we have someone with a name like that in the Department of Homeland Security, for God's sakes? Does that make you nervous? Yes, it makes me a racist. No, it doesn't. I just, just think of all those activists. Think of all those illegal alien activists. And now think of them being in charge of the Department of Homeland Security. I have no idea what the guy's a problem is, but I know one thing. He's a commie or he wouldn't be in the position to begin with. Mayorkas. Who violated ethic rules by intervening as head of USCIS several times in EB-5 visa cases involving prominent Democrats. Democrats. He has said, I regret my perception, my own involvement created. Department of Homeland Security now says the EB-5 program is safer and more secure thanks to changes over the last several years. Beyond Johnson's experience, Army Lieutenant Colonel Jason Amarine also testified Thursday that he was punished after speaking out of the dysfunctional bureaucracy holding back efforts to free American hostages overseas. So after he had made these disclosures to Congress, the Army suspended his clearance, removed him from his job, and tried to court-martial him. A former co top official in the Social Security Administration also testified on the backlash he faced. Michael Keegan, former Associate Commissioner for Facilities and Supply Management, and he said concerns after being assigned in early 2012 to oversee a replacement computer data center funded by $500 million in taxpayers' money. He said he raised the issue that while SSA was alleging allegedly telling Congress it needed to replace its entire national computer center in Maryland, at most, only part of it needed to be replaced, specifically the part housing the main data center. After he began raising concerns, Keegan said he was removed from his position and left to languish in an empty office space. These are the people running our country, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty spiteful little juvenile delinquents, aren't they? The left is, yes. See, the problem is you can't be a commie as a mature individual or you have no brains and you're all emotion and you're a waste anyway. I'm not looking to bring in any progs loving my show. And forget it. 
Republican or Democrat, you can come on this show, but I, I can make no promises to your safety. After he began raising concerns, Keegan said he was removed from his position and left to languish. Nothing has been shown by SSA that I deserve this retaliation, Keegan said. Keegan last year also blew the whistle on another controversy, claiming officials at SSA tried to hide a damaging report on a $300 million computer system in order to protect President Caesar Barack Obama's nominee to lead the agency. Keegan ended up retiring from SSA earlier than planned, though he says he was not financially prepared to retire. He described the drain of staring at a wall, watching the clock click tick, calling it death by a thousand cuts. The cost has been enormous, he said. I know exactly how he feels. They did that to me in New York City when I was injured. They made me go in and sort patient records. All day, every day, for the rest of your life, until you could go back to active duty. Man, that was the longest eight-hour day I've ever spent in my entire life. I think I lasted about three days. I just couldn't take it. He's, he's right. They're staring while doing nothing. Some people, they excel at this stuff. Uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, so there you go. We're all being invaded, and we are allowing it to happen. From World Net Daily again. One of the smallest cities that has received thousands of Somali refugees over the years is Lewiston, Maine. But you didn't know that, did you? But unlike the Minnesota stand Muslims from Somalia, this group appears to fly under the radar. Minnesota stands U.S. Attorney... Andrew Luger publicly declared in April that the state has a terror recruitment problem as hundreds of young Somalis have been investigated for ties to terrorist organizations overseas. Why in all that is holy are we allowing these people to come into our neighborhoods and our communities? Because we are no longer in control of our government, that's why. I would fire. These guys would be run out on a rail if I had these people in my hand. Look, if we were willing to run people out on the rail, we wouldn't have this government. But we aren't, so we do. Well, yesterday when I was in our local laundromat, a little fuzzy muzzy came in looking for my friend that that uh, runs the place, and she had gone for the day. And I actually asked him, "Are you a Muslim?" And he's like, "No, I'm not Muslim. I am from Turkey." I'm like, Turkey is Muslim. Well, I said Turkey is Muslim. Well, I don't have to answer a question. Turkey is Muslim. What are you talking about? The don't government's have... Islamic. He goes, I don't have to answer a question. I'll, I'll just come back when she's here. And he freaking ran. <laughs> Good. I'm going to report you to the FBI. Only we're not going to because the FBI wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, the, the, our local college here, ladies and gentlemen, are deciding that they're going to take people from the Middle East and teach them how to be engineers. So they can go back and engineer a way to blow us up. Yes, even here in Montana, Butte. Okay. Lewiston Police Chief Michael Brusari made news this week when he told Reuters he was focused on recruiting Somalis to work as cops in his department. Wow. Yep. This is a really, really bad I mean, the article is great. Why, God's the name, news. would you want a Muslim anywhere? I know. The, they destroy. News? Look, Islam, look at what they're doing over there. 
This is what they've always done. They destroy civilization. They don't create it. They don't belong here. They need to get out. I don't care if you... It's not religious. It has nothing to do with their religion. That's not a religion. It's a government. It's a theocracy. And therefore, it is not a religion. And out you go. Out of my country. And we Muzzies. were actually thinking about... I'm sorry. I had no problem because they're all a bunch of lying pieces of crap. All of them. We were actually thinking about living in Maine, too, at one point. In our yeah, between journey. homosexuals, commies, and Muslims, my God, Maine's gone. It's part of his diversity program to make the local police force look more like the community it serves, he said. Oh, that's, that's what we do. turning our police states over to Islam now. Are they going to enforce Sharia law? You're giving them a badge and a gun. You don't think they're going to arrest people and bring them to the little local Sharia court? Wait for it to happen. You're going to give a Muslim a job as a police officer? That's insanity. He's not even, they're not even citizens. That's just to allow it at all. But now to look for it. No. This guy, this guy's an idiot. He's dangerous and here's your sign. Part of a diversity program. Diversity is destroying this country. We don't need diversity. We need inclusion. We need to all be Americans, not hyphenated Americans. And I don't want to hear any more from your advocates of homosexuality or any other left-wing nonsense out there. They're all bunched just as screaming freaks. I'll tell you, I'm getting tired of this game, watching my country being dismantled step by step. And we're allowing it. These people are even agreeing with it. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and with the help of the U.S. State Department's Refugee Resettlement Program, Lewiston has gone from one of the whitest cities in America to an increasingly diverse Yeah, they're not going to say... Turn increasingly into- diverse. No, I could be diverse. Every place these people live is a slump. Every well, place. The ghetto trash is what they they're never. Gonna, they're not going to say brown to an increasingly brown one. Piece of a crap brown one. These people are not, they're brown. Yeah, we got diversity. We've got good people, and then we have a bunch of evil people. That's diversity, all right. I don't understand what color their skin means, but uh, or what their so-called religion is. Out of my country. And why we, we, there would be no option for any Muslim to come to the United States of America if I was in charge. It would be even an option. Yes, they'd try and keep it to themselves and all that, but nobody gets in here without a background check. And my five can help. So anyway, one place in Lewiston where that growing diversity is not evident is the city's 82-member police force. But Chief Michael Broussard claims to change that amid an intense national debate over race and policing, Reuters reports. The Lewiston-Auburn area now has a Somali population of 7,000, which accounts for nearly 10% of its total population. Oh, great. That means now they have to print all kinds of things in Somali. If it's over 10% of your population, you've got to have everything that everything in their language. Isn't that stupid? Yeah, but we've been doing it forever. Well, not forever, but it seems that way. Um... They arrived in the U.S. either as refugees or were born in the U.S. as children of refugees. 
About a quarter of Brasera's officers will become eligible to retire in the next few years, so he figures to have quite a few openings. We have to think about who is living here now and who's going to live here in 10 years from now. Great. Now, we've, now instead of getting race out of the police department, we've officially put race politics into the police department. Trying to say that it matters that the color of your skin for enforcing the law is the worst message I have ever heard. It's nonsense. It's stupid. It's moronic. And yet, nobody's stopping him. It's unbelievable to me that you can just accept that these pieces of brown crap are going to be part of your, your life from now on. Look, it's not even that. I don't care. It's like the so-called conservatives say, we gotta, we got to have a message for the minorities to get the minority vote. What do you mean you got to have a message for the minority? What, what, how is there a different message? When you're, have we stopped being telling, American? Now you're telling them they're stupid because of their skin color or gender. We have to change it for women. We have to change it for all minorities, whether it be brown or black or illegal alien brown people and illegal alien white people. It doesn't matter. Look. Law is law, and it is colorblind. It's supposed to be. It's not. It's supposed to be. Affirmative action has destroyed that process. This is not, you don't, oh, if 10% of the population is Somali, then 10% of the police force should be Somali. No, it shouldn't. There is no should, shouldn't in this, in this kind of demographics. The law doesn't say anything about that. Constitution doesn't allow for that. <laughs> You've be kidding me. Alright, uh, you've never taken these people in, not in a billion years. Lewiston, a city of 36,000 people that spent decades, big deal, Butte, Montana has 33,000 people living in it. That's a pretty small city, Lewiston, I guess. I bet it's, is it a city or is it a suburb? Because they call some some little suburb cities and townships, but I'm just saying, they're not really cities. Like New York City. Los Angeles, skyscraper land. So anyway, they, they just wanted to look like the, <laughs> the police force should look like the population ocean. I, it wouldn't matter if black people were better at being cops than white people and it's going to be all black. I don't care. Whoever's without help from anybody else, whoever qualifies to be a police officer, I'm grateful for them being a police officer. Yes, the police state is not about being against police officers. I've had this debate before, and Leos, some of you in Leos don't get it. That's because some of you Leos are all on board with the way of being trained. Training people are police officers, which are supposed to be peace officers, that they're supposed to command and control the citizenry. That is the opposite of how cops were taught when I grew up. It was protected, serve, not command, not, not command and control. What the hell? It even sounds like a military operation. And I'm telling you, even good-intentioned police officers that go through that academy are going to come out behaving just like all the other police officers, even if he disagrees with the policy because it's not his job. However, there are police officers that have said they can't take it anymore and they've left the force and, and we met one that actually uh is in charge of investigating the police in the state of montana it, it he got out policing because he didn't like the way it was going he didn't he could see what i'm talking about and he doesn't like it he didn't want any part of it and he wanted to start going after the crooks yep I, he told me that over the phone 
So anyway, this little city of Lewiston, whatever it is, township, that spent decades struggling through job losses from mill closings and a shrinking population may seem an unlikely place for such a rebirth given that Maine is among the whitest in the U.S. states. See, again, we're helping them stay poor. Why? In the past, people, we had mold, we had manufacturing closing all over this country. You might remember the first thing that made uh, Fat Boy famous was Flint, Michigan, the shutdown of the the plant there and what it did to the town of Flint, Michigan. And what a lying piece of crap. Who's Fat that Boy? That was. <laughs> Which Michael Fat Moore. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just call him Fat Boy. <laughs> I mean, it, look, if you go, he's rich. If you don't care enough to lose weight, uh, wear something besides the damn baseball cap on your head, don't, why should we take you seriously? You're obviously damaged goods. Uh, the one of the whitest states in America. Oh my God, we can't have. You notice that's a terrible thing. Yeah, one of the whitest states. Yep. It, and it feels you feel it, don't it? Because they've trained you so well. You get those little it urges in the back of your head. You got to beat down. All right. Um, but according to U.S. Census data, 8.7 percent of Lewiston population identifies as Black or African American, a rate higher than any other city in the state, and more than seven times the 1.2 percent state average. And the Somali population is exploding, not just in Lewiston. It has spread to nearby Auburn and Portland. Many Somalis originally came as refugee to larger cities, Atlanta in particular, but then moved to Maine after hearing that it had a wider array of subsidized housing available and also was easier to get on the welfare rolls. Good for you, Maine. That's exactly how it happened to New York City. That's how it began, just like this. Good for you, Maine. Congratulations. And no, New York City sucks. What the hell is wrong with our citizens, Brian? They're, They're allowing this. It's because we're allowing immigrants to come in here and get social service. Because we allow illegal aliens to get social services. It's because social services exist at all, for God's sakes. But it's just idiotic to just keep telling, having parkers, anybody that walks across the state line can have free housing, free health care, free food, free clothing. Free everything. Cell but phones. These are muzzies. That's not. That's the hard part too. That's just. That just makes it horrible. I'm sorry. You didn't think that I'm being unfair. I studied Islam and I hated it then and I hate it now. It's evil. It is pure evil. It is truly the so-called religion of Lucifer. No, that's Satanism. Wrong. Satan. Satan laughs at those people. They're idiots. No, no, no. They don't get. They don't do anything. It's. It's. Islam. Notice, Islam is trying to conquer the world. Not Satan worshippers. Now let's see what we're doing here. The Somali influence in Lewiston is visible along the city's main downtown corridor, Lisbon Street. Shops offer halil meat and brightly colored African clothing. <laughs> Muhyiddin Liba, head of the local Somali Bantu community organization, is among those Somalis who moved to Lewiston and attended one of the Lewiston Police Department's recruiting meetings last month. He told Reuters he was surprised by the outreach effort. Notice we have to go to Reuters for this story. You know, on a little aside here, New England, okay, and long, including Long Island and in New York, we don't wear bright colored clothing, okay? That was one of the things I was talking to Deborah about because when she... It's not all warm and hot here. No, there. and that was one of the things that we were talking about, my girlfriend Deb, because when she went to California, the first thing she had to get used to was the pastel city. 
Oh yeah, I I I wasn't there that long, and I I was no longer wearing jeans and black t-shirts. I I changed all my clothes in for like white pants and but, blue blue and white college shirts, all bright colors because everything is bright. so damn bright. <laughs> yeah. And when she went back to visit her family, and she walked in, and, and she was uh, landed at JFK, and people were cursing and wearing dark. She was like, "I'm home." But that the point is, they're changing our culture. Yes, they are. That's they doing it on purpose. Everybody must know this by now. Some just either agree with it or not. Some people don't like America. Don't like that America exists. It thinks it should be one of the just part of the global socialist government. That's what they think. That would make the world better. Take away our American imperialism and evil capitalism. It wasn't called capitalism until, until Das Kapital. Let's be clear. So, it's uh, it's what we have is crony capitalist socialism hybrid government. It's a it's a mess. It certainly isn't constitutional. It is not. It's not a representative republic at all. I just don't understand why the people aren't screaming at freaking count city council meetings and going to the mayor and going to the governor. They probably are just like they they were doing for a long time with the Democrats. And notice the that they stopped. There were no more. Well, in some cases, they just stopped going to any meet town hall meetings to talk to the people. Um, but all this stuff still goes on in, in city councils and town council stuff. The difference is no one's reporting it. So you don't think it's happening, but it is. You don't think people are happy about this, do you? The biggest problem is you can't speak up or you're, you're a racist. Racist bastard. And That's proud of everything. It. You're against, you're against a bunch of poor, diseased people coming into your neighborhood, changing demo demographics completely. You should be able to speak up about that. Uh, yeah, every place you put brown people, my whole life, I've been watching it happen in New York. You move them out of the city. And you put them out with the regular folk out in the out in the suburbs who law-abiding citizens. Next thing you know, they take over the neighborhood because they run everybody out with the crime and the violence and the and the graffiti and the disgusting garbage everywhere. It's just they like to live in a hellhole. Wherever they go, that's where they're comfortable. They make it just like the ghetto they left every time. It's been happening for decades since I was a kid. I actually helped build Starhead City completely. Welfare housing. Nice housing was until they destroyed it. But it was it was really nice housing. And these people are amazing. You got to shoot to throw the in the hallway to throw your garbage out, and they're too lazy to do that, and they throw it out the window, into the into the nice courtyard they made for them. Well, and you knew that because when you grew up, you were a paramedic and you worked and had to go there. When I was times. grown up, but no, when I was a kid, I worked. Uh, I was actually I, I was driving around a crane and doing. There was stuff with a giant crane uh, because my mother was dating the oiler, the guy who oils the machines. So he took me to work with him, and I spent the day, and he got the he got the uh, the guy that runs the crane to teach me how to run the crane. And I was just tooling it all over the place. <laughs> it's that fun? And then it was kind of funny to go back to it as, as a paramedic. As an adult. It, I'm normally what wouldn't be going there. I was overtime working at a better, believe it or not, in a better. Ghetto. <laughs> Well, no, it it had some nice areas, you know, like the uh, the Russians and the, the the Russians was a particular nice area. But anyway, that's either here or there. Um, diversity, diversity is the destruction of culture. Diversity means everybody 
Everybody worships their own individual culture. They're not part of the same culture. That's not America. America is about a melting pot. You're supposed to melt together. And, and a good thing about the melting pot, too, is you can skim off all the nonsense that comes to the surface. The impurities, see? That's part of what the melting pot does. It gets rid of the impurities. And I don't mean skin color. I mean the way they think, the way they live. Muslim, non-Muslim, ghetto dwelling, never want to leave the ghetto, I hate whitey because if you get a job, you're a race trader and you're working for the man. And as long as the sharpness of the throat keep feeding them this, they're going to keep repeating it and thinking that they have no chance but to stay in the ghetto. There's nothing better for them than the ghetto. And it's amazingly they stay in the ghetto. And with that, we're going to go to a commercial break. See on Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned because we'll be back. We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Are payday loans ruining your life? Do you want control over your money again? If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, listen closely. You may be eligible for a program payday loan companies don't want you to know about. A program that may help get aggressive and unfair payday loan companies out of your bank account and get you back on track to financial freedom. Payday loan companies may trap you into paying outrageously high interest rates. And they take way too much of your hard-earned money every week. We understand their tactics and know how to keep them off your back. We'll fight hard to help you regain control of your money. If you have two or more payday loan cash advances, call right now for a free consultation. 877-314-2657 If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments listen carefully to this urgent alert Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. Featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. 
Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45 non-tobacco user could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50 non-tobacco user may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Radio show. Well, that chased her away. Uh, uh, anyway, it says here Reuters. Reuters followed that theme in its article. In other words, too white, too white, too white, too white, too white. What? What is wrong? Who? Is it this racism? Is it this exactly? Is it this actual racism not perceived? They're saying us white people have to have black people living near us. Next thing you know, we'll have to share a house with them or something. What? You look at black people. I I lived down in Florida for a while. They were segregated. The black people they want to, for the most part, deal talk to white people and ditto. Um, they even had some of their own stores. The black people had their own deli, you know, like deli store, convenience store, uh, and everybody was happy and nobody cared. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's not like. It was overly racist. It just they're just different cultures. Like when I went down and uh, sat down next to the guys while they were fishing off the bridge, talking to them, they had no problems talking to me. They're like, "Oh yeah, we we come down here we, uh, every day, we catch our food. You should you should too." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't I don't really don't feel like getting a fishing license." He's like, "Oh, you don't have to have a fishing license if if you're not on a boat, if you're by." Uh, if you're on land, bridge, or anything like that, you could just use a bamboo pole and not have to pay the government anything. That was great. But I was always too busy to go fishing. So, And fish isn't my favorite food to begin with. And what was your point about this? This is racism. That's my point. Now, the story you just told. It's because people, people allow people to live how they want to live. If black people don't want to live with white people, then they don't have to. It's ditto. What is the problem? Freedom of association. Why don't people understand this? You can't be doing this. Can't have government do this to our own people. And there's a reason we're talking about Reuters because you're not going to find them in the regular papers here, the regular news organizations. You're not going to find this. Right. Well, this was at World Net Daily, and that's where they and got just it like from. they report on stuff going on over in Europe that they don't, that their rags won't put for political purposes. It's kind of a, a kind of gotcha thing they do i don't but it's just societal <laughs> it's like 
It's just the way it is. Right now, America is trying to reconnect with the idea of police. John DiCarlo, an associate professor at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice. John Jay be spinning like a top. <clears throat> in New York. And a former chief of police in Brantford, Connecticut, told the news agency, when we look like our communities, when we embrace the values of our communities, it increases the legitimacy of the police department. What? All right, as someone that worked in the ghettos of New York City for seven years, eating with them, shopping with them, sitting on the street corners, saving their lives, etc., uh, what part of their culture would I, do you think I'd want to embrace? How about zero? Their culture is depravity. Their culture is living off the other people's money. There's nothing you can pull out of ghetto and say, oh, this lifts community and civilization. Hey, no, it isn't. It's a, it's a giant leap backwards in time. I'm sorry, but uh, you keep making them comfortable in poverty, they're going to stay poor. That's just something Ben Franklin said. He knew, He saw that. In the in how European governments were treating the poor, and the best thing you could do for poor people is make let them suffer in their poverty so they claw their way out of it. But if you make it harder to get out than it is to stay in, they're going to stay in. So we're not trying to connect with an idea of the police, associate professor DiCarlo. Carlo, these pointy-headed professors. They, I bet he has a ponytail too, right? Uh, no, it doesn't. It, it, I don't care how it makes the, the, the people feel. It is not safe to put people in uniform that do not meet the standards by, and yes, I know they do, but by lowering the standards for them. No, or anybody. Standards of police force should be set very high. It is a difficult job, and it's an easy job to get corrupted in. They need to be vetted very well. And not a muzzy shall be found in my police force if I had anything to say about it. Because I, I know what lying pieces of crap they are. Brian, you're sounding crazy. All Muslims aren't like that. Not to your face, they're not. And they never will be until the time comes where they can. And then they will. Do you remember the story about the, uh, the scorpion and the frog? I do. Are you asking me or the audience? You. <laughs> yes, I do. So tell them. The scorpion needed a ride across the pond, and the frog gave him a ride, and he asked him if he was going to sting him, and he said no. He said, why would I do that? Then we'd both drown in the middle of the lake. And so the frog said, okay, hop on, and started taking him across the lake. When he got about halfway in, scorpion stings him. And kills him, and they both start to go under. He goes, why did you do that? He goes, what do you expect? I'm a scorpion. You know, that's the second parable of a frog that what we've been doing ever since this administration has come in. I think the I think the original one was a turtle. I can't be I can't be sure. <laughs> we got this frog theme going on with the with Caesar here. Fro the froggy frogs. <laughs> when you're trying to live in a place then you need to look like that place. Zamzam Muhammad, who serves on Lewiston School Board, told Reuters, that's all, boy, you full, who wants to live like you want to live? What is wrong with you people? 
who serves on the school board told Reuters, if we have Somali police officers, Somali lawyers, Somali judges, that is a sign the community is assimilating. People are feeling comfortable. Look, okay, let this, all this can happen without any help from anybody if okay, that's what's going to happen. I got something different from that. Why do we have to assimilate to you? People are assimilating? Do you mean we're assimilating no, to you? No, that's not what they said. You're right. You did get it wrong. That wasn't the part you should have had a problem with. It said that is a sign the community is assimilating to America. It's an obvious statement. It's not even foggy. Community is assimilating. People are feeling comfortable. Yeah, which community? The community is assimilating. <laughs> I'll try it again. Well, if you're a police officer, what community do you think they're talking about? Yes, so now we're going to have a bunch of muzzies doing stuff they're incapable of doing just because they're muzzy and still not qualified, so we're going to get crap. Yeah, but I, I what love... difference does it make? Might as well make this the new hands-out crowd, right? It, it's always... Always they have the handout, always. Well, I like how he said previously that you read, you know, we don't, have, they don't, we don't have to be white. We don't even have to be Americans, and we can be police. What a country. You have to, Are you freaking kidding me? I'm pretty sure you have to be a citizen. That's not what he said. I know, but I'm pretty sure you have to be a citizen. I, I'm not positive. Maybe they're giving out visas to the police department now. I do not know, and that would be ridiculous. Mohammed Forty said she would encourage her children in their early 20s to consider a career in law enforcement. Why not? That's what the Irish did when they were in the ghettos. That's We were the police in New York City. Nobody wanted that job. And for the large majority, Irish people are still, Irish descent are still in the police department and fire department in mass. Um, nobody else wanted to be a police officer and fireman back then. They were living in a ghetto and they wanted out, so... They went become cops and they went become firefighters. Brian, you're just giving their argument for them. That's what I said. I am telling you how community is assimilating works. I'm not making their argument for them. I didn't mention the government being involved, did I? Quotas, similar, none of that stuff. It's natural that people in a ghetto will want, who if they don't want to live in a ghetto for the rest of their lives, are going to want to do something like a police job that most people don't want. Especially the ghettos. Uh, but the problem is they're not assimilating because we're not making them assimilate. I understand what they're trying to say here, but that is not what's happening. They're not being assimilated. They're not even being required to learn English. Uh, I, I assume they have to speak English to be a cop. I mean, even this guy can't be that bad. Although you never know. Maybe he'll just have him come in and sit in the corner, you know, his affirmative action hire. Yes, we. St I still have a problem. And I don't care if you think just because your great-great-grandfather was a slave, you're entitled to be treated differently by employers and institutions because of your skin color. Tough. You know what? There will never be a cease of racism in this country until black people stop being racist. And that includes... Most of the brown people in this country are racist, too. I mean, uh, I'm talking about the poor immigrants, not not the citizenry. Uh, but we have our problems in our citizenry. But uh, we know where they are. Inner cities. Just a ghetto. That's all I call them, the ghettos. They're a ghetto when the Jews were in it. They're a ghetto when my 
descendants, the Irish people were in them. And there will, there's a, always going to be a group in the ghetto if you're going to keep bringing in poor immigrants, which is what we were not supposed to do. And if, and I'm sorry, if one more person points out what it says on the bottom of a Statue of Liberty, which is not part of the Statue of Liberty, it was, it was created by Americans to put the Statue of Liberty upon. The French actually did it right, and the Americans got it wrong. The French were talking about liberty. Every symbol of what's on the Statue of Liberty is about liberty. We're going to have to do that again, Brian. And they put it on top of a poem written by a poor black female poet socialist. I know that was a long label to put out there, wasn't it? But that's the facts. Who would put that on the... Oh, give us your crap. These people try to just up because we can turn crap into great things. We've always done this. We've never done this in history. In past history, we didn't allow scum of the earth to come and immigrate to this country. We sent shiploads of those back to Europe. You know, I wanted to bring this up again. I do another show called The Women of the Revolution Show on Blog Talk Radio. And... We just found out that a bunch of what they call Palatine Germans, well, there wasn't Germany back then, but it was just a bunch of feudal states. But a lot of Germans from this Palatine area came here uh, via Britain and London, fleeing the French, killing them because they were Protestants and the French were Catholics, because, you know, Protestant Catholics <laughs> always were fighting one, one another. Anyway, they came here in the founding of the colonies, and one shipload of 200 people were completely were sick. And they would not allow them to come into the New York Harbor. They quarantined them. Right. Even back then. What do you mean? What do we, you can't mean like... we can't quarantine anyone, it seems. We used to at Ellis Island. I understand that. But I'm saying even as far back as our colonial days, we were quarantined people that were coming over here. And we needed people no, to come over No, there was a here. quarantine because they were sick. They sent them back. They didn't quarantine them. They turned the ship around and well, sent them back. Well, yeah, but that, this was during colonial days when they needed people over here. No, I am talking about colonial days. I'm talking about the minute we broke from Britain. The minute we well, broke from is... Britain, we turned back the ships. They tried to send all their criminals and trash here, and our founding fathers said no. Well, this was before we broke from Britain. This was like in the 1500s and 1600s. We were still a British colony. Well, next time, start with that. Otherwise, we I'm not going to go back to 1500 if that's all right with you. Colonial times isn't 1500. 1540. Well, I, I mean, it is, yes. but. <laughs> what are you talking I mean, about? <laughs> it, they, they didn't have established the colonial infrastructure yet, I don't think. They didn't have the. Did they already have yep. the uh, Congress? Mm -hmm. Colonial Congress? Yes, they had started all that stuff back then in the, in the 15, late 1500s, early 1600s. But I'm saying that they. They even knew that they weren't. They needed these people. They were here from Britain. They had to accept them, but they still quarantined them. You well, know you, what I'm saying? You have to quarantine sick people. They knew about that. They, <laughs> they got like, really sick when they got here. Remember? So I know. So yeah, they know about it. So yeah. this refugee thing. Do you think anyone got quarantined? No. I know that for a fact they haven't. Just like all the ones from Central America have not, and they because they have no attention. They don't care. They want them to spread disease. That's just more misery. I told you, the only thing government creates is misery. But you all keep fighting for bigger government, and sooner or later you're going to figure out that now you're miserable too. Just because my life is full of more things that allow me to use my liberty, to take advantage of my liberty, 
doesn't change the fact that everybody in America has the same liberties. And but they don't since they don't do the things the government clamps down on, they don't feel it. If some people are just really happy going to work, coming home, watching TV, go to bed. That person doesn't have much liberty to lose. It'll be a while before it gets to him. But for the rest of us, and the more the more you avail yourself of liberty, the more you're going to become a target in this country. And if we don't take our country back before they could they destroy it, then I I don't I, I the chances of a good outcome are very slim. All right, so where were we? A sore spot in Maine politics. Okay. Maine's growing Somali community has long served as a source of controversy in the Lewiston area, dating back to 2002. That's when the mayor, Lurier Raymond, wrote an open letter addressed to leaders of the Somali community, predicting a burdensome impact on the city's social services and requesting they discourage further resettlement in Lewiston. The protest rallies were held in Lewiston, both by those who supported the immigrants' presence and those who opposed it. In 2012, Mayor Robert McDonald encountered a storm of media controversy when he made commitments that Somalis and any other immigrants that came to Lewiston needed to assimilate into local culture rather than make demands that the existing culture accommodate them. In a September 11 BBC interview, McDonald said of immigrants coming to America, you come here, you come, and you accept our culture, and you leave your culture at the door. Asked by the local TV news station WJGME to clarify his remarks, I was wondering if they were going to do that because uh, that wasn't very clear now, was it? Because, first of all, you can't leave your culture at the door, and it's a melting pot. You're supposed to bring some of your culture to America. But just the stuff that Americans naturally would like, like maybe your, maybe your food. That's very ethnic. Look at all the different kinds of food we eat now. I'm just saying this is all part. That's all part part of the melting pot. But our inherent culture stays. Our traditions. We stay with our traditions. We we learn from history. That's what conservative means. You 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 stand with what works. If you if it works, don't fix it. And to learn the mistakes of history so you don't repeat them. That's what the left is against. That's why. You don't want to vote for conservatives. You think this, 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 but that's conservatism. Wouldn't you prefer the people in government have that attitude as opposed to they can do whatever they want to us? Just because they think it'll be a better world if they bring America down to its knees. Anyway, asked by a local TV station, WGME, to clarify his remarks, McDonald said, I don't care if you're white, you're black, you're yellow. I don't care what color you are. When you come into the country, you have to accept our culture. Don't try to insert your culture into ours. It's not about inserting it. Don't try to make us live by your culture. That's more important. That's a blank piece of paper you're holding up. I got to go to the commercial breaks. You can radio show you stay tuned cause. We'll be right back.
Terry O'Brien Show. The Terry O'Brien Show airs live in Vivid Red Light News, Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. I think that most liberals are well-intentioned but misguided. They're like children who have the luxury of believing in the political equivalent of the tooth fairy. They need some tough love. They need a big old healthy dose of common sense and information. And when they get it, the smart ones will become conservative. Strap in for the wild ride with America's original conservative warrior princess. You use my middle name. What a nasty campaign. I'm not ashamed of my middle name. It rhymes with change. Bahrain and John Wayne. I'm the next JFK. But just call me B.O. today. Can you refrain from using my middle name? Now let me explain. It causes Oprah stress and strain. I believe we can collectively come together and change. Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, 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 evil exists. We see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spine. Defeat it. Let me just say, coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Return to Saddlesore Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Obamacare. Good for you. Good for America. A while back, Martha was always complaining about all her aches and pains. But when we got Obamacare, all that changed. As soon as the government rationed her care, she went pretty quick. I don't have to listen to The Recovery Act and our actions to fix the financial system were decisive in starting to turn the economy around. Growing uh, at a good clip. I'm calling this the recovery, the summer of recovery. The summer of recovery. Or I might even call it the summer of projects. Our economy is stronger. That economic heartbeat is growing stronger. All of them have projects that are shovel-ready. Shovel-ready projects. Shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. Shovel-ready was not as uh, <laughs> shovel-ready as we expected. The next two years, our job now is putting our economy into overdrive. Well, this is Obama's economy. That's fine. Give it to me. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag, and the number is growing daily. They also work with our wounded soldiers, 
giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia who serve by our soldiers' side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. And welcome back to this disgusting article. <laughs> the article was done good, but the subject matter is very disgusting. Yes. I'm that- sorry. I just, I, this really got to me, Brian, when I read this. It just, I, I started to cry. Oh, no. All I'm looking for now is hot dogs. <laughs> All beef hot dogs, Golden's mustard, and sauerkraut. Yum. Ah, dinner. It's all right. Up oh, now we got something that Mark Levin can talk about. Oh yes, always. <laughs> well, he could talk about having to chase chickens out of the bus that we do our show in. All kinds of things he could make fun of us. Oh, I'm in my pajamas too. <laughs> that prompted leaders of the Somali community to respond that they were offended by the tone of the mayor's comments. They asked him to, to resign. He refused saying his comments were taken out of context. Would he ask that of the other cultures in Lewiston? Hussein Ahmed, a Somali-American community leader, told the newspaper. Would he ask that of the Franco-Americans and of the Irish? It's already been asked of the Franco-Americans and the Irish, you doofus. What, because we have St. Patty's Day? Really? Uh, you got Black History Month. You got Art Luther King Jr. You got Malcolm X. I mean, I can keep going on. But I wasn't bringing up anybody important that was Muslim because this, other than being a warlord and an emperor conquered, there's nothing good about it. Would he ask it? Well, he did ask it. It didn't have to be asked. It was just done. You just... You blend it in, you meld it, you learn how to get along. Look, either you get along with society or you don't. McDonald stood by his comments. He is up for re-election in November, and Democrat Ben Chin has already said he will seek to unseat the two-term incumbent. Chin is an activist with the Maine's People Alliance, a leftist pro-immigrant community organizing group whose sole purpose is to destroy the United States of America through immigration. This is what Tommy the Woodrow Wilson said it would take to destroy the country. 
just flood us with a bunch of poor socialistic immigrants. And then it'll be the end of it. And here, and this is going to be the end. This is the end game right now. It's happening. We're at the tipping point. So if you want to put your feet up and wait before you get involved, I would suggest you not do so. McDonald won re-election in 2013 with the broad support over former mayor Larry Gilbert, who was largely supportive of the Somali refugee pipeline to his city, although he said he thought the federal government ought to pay more to help the Somalis, quote-unquote, integrate into community. Uh, in other words, we, we need more of that commune social justice money. Uh, that would be your money. I think the main people's alliance is the enemy of Lewiston, McDonald told the Bangor Daily News. I'm ready for that battle. That's fine. The voters will have the choice of whether they want to take care of the whole city or whether they just want to take care of the downtown part of the city. That's the choice right here. About 100,000 Somalis have been brought to the U.S. since 1990 and permanently resettled as refugees. About 99% of them are Muslim. They continue to come to the U.S. from Somalia at a rate of about 800 a month, fleeing the never-ending chaos and civil war in their home country. The refugee resettlement program as a whole brings about 70,000 displaced persons to the U.S. every year. Approximately half of those are from prominently Muslim countries in the Middle East and Africa. North Africa is part of the Middle East. Why do I have to keep saying that? The program also accepts refugees from Iraq, Afghanistan, the Congo, Sudan, Yemen, and Burma. The program is carried out with little to no oversight by Congress under the authority of the Refugee Act of 1980. The United Nations Higher Commissioner for Refugees selects the refugees, and the U.S. is responsible for screening them before distributing them to the more 190 cities and towns across the country. This is unsustainable. Right. Uh, the U.N. knows that. You know, this is, in 1980, who was president, if we want to get into that? Um, president Reagan? Or was he 82? I will look it up in my little book. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think it can be on a zero. All right, so non-profit, nine-profit, non-profit, nine private, non-profit groups contract with the federal government to carry out the resettlement work in cooperation with the state government offices under the control of the governors. That what they're doing is that they are contributing to our demise. Of course they are. They're into politics, too, aren't they? That's the game. It's all about progressive moving forward towards serfdom. The actual cities and towns called receiving communities have very little input on how many refugees arrive in their towns and from what countries. The program has come under increasing criticism of late for its lack of transparency, and the government has been dealing with, quote-unquote, pockets of resistance. Pockets of resistance. In places like Spartanburg, South Carolina. Spartanburg. That reminds me of, was it Spartan, Georgia? Wasn't that where, uh... no, it was Tennessee, wasn't it? See, exactly like the Socialist Borg uh, parody we just played. Resistance is futile. futile. 
Pockets of resistance. Frickin' yeah, there's pockets of resistance, Tsukami. You're uh, killing us. But I haven't even finished the sentence. I don't care. I am so frustrated by this and infuriated. Dealing with pockets of resistance in places like Spartanburg, South Carolina, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Manchester, New Hampshire, Athens, Georgia, and Lynn and Springfield, Massachusetts. By the way, Athens, Georgia has plenty of black folk. So... It must not be the skin color. It must be where they're coming from, what they're bringing with them, and the fact they're Muslim. Good. No, it should just be on the list. No muzzies allowed. And then if they say they're not a Muslim, say, okay, eat this bacon sandwich right now. <laughs> well, think of it, Brian. You're in this little community, and you got to close down everything that has pork in it for these idiots? Um... Eventually, yes. Exactly. Sorry, you're right. It's not halal. <laughs> Michael Savage got it right, and he did this years ago, just like you did. That we're losing our borders, our culture, and... Our tradition. Yep. Gone. How do you like us now? Well, where we're heading, nobody's going to like us. <laughs> All right. The wonderful world of animals. We actually got to it. I'm amazed. This is from Fox News. A cow moose. You do know it's only segment two, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. And uh, how many hours do we have left? One? <laughs> One. Oh, well. It's the power hour. <laughs> Who says that? Was it Levin? Says that? Yeah, I think he does. <clears throat> All right, from Fox News. A cow moose with two calves has injured at least two visitors at Denali National Park and Preserve in Alaska. The Fairbanks Daily News Monitor reports that park staff members have been urging visitors to be wary of the wildlife after the moose's defensive and erratic behavior near Riley Creek Campground over the last several weeks. Okay, now. By the way, uh, moose fear nothing. If they're uh, Alaskan moose, they're the biggest, baddest things in the wilderness. They kill grizzly bears. They don't care about anything. They walk right over you. I know. So, now... We had a couple of moose encounters, didn't we? It scared <laughs> we the hell out of me. <laughs> I was, we're in a, a mountaineering tent, little two-man tents, you know. And you've seen on the North Face things, the yellow one. That's the one we have. Uh, so really small. And we had our dog with us. And suddenly the dog barks, and I clamped down. Itch. I opened the I opened the one door, and then he got to go into a vestibule. And then I opened the vestibule one, and I looked. I looked out, and staring down at me, looking at me, was this giant moose face. <laughs> yes, I mean, bigger than the bull moose down here. The cows are bigger than the bull moose down here, and she had two. I Babies. guess I guess they were yearlings, but yep. they would have crushed us. <laughs> and they just we 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 just set up where they go to the. To the river to get some water. We didn't know that at the time. We were in a primitive campground. We weren't in a real. It was. Campground. It was at the. It was, but it was closed for right. the season. Nobody was there. They don't care if you use it. So uh, we were staying there, and yeah, it, it scared me because you know they just walk. They they would have just stepped on the tent. They would not even thought twice about it. Uh, so I'm glad we set the tent in such a way that it was just a little off their path. Because I'm holding my dog's nose who wants to go crazy and trying to go after the moose. And I'm looking out and I'm going, oh, my God, there's three of them. 
And uh, we stayed there for a while. And they kept every day they came through the campground. They didn't step on us. But uh, <laughs> no, they, they wouldn't didn't. have cared if they did. I'm just <laughs> saying this is why people hit them in the wintertime. Because in wintertime it was dark like almost 24 hours a day. And uh, and they don't have they don't have these every inch of the highway has a street light on it. There's no, there's no street lights. So a lot of times you don't see the big black thing that about to run right in front of your car because well, it doesn't care i cross like, this i watch them cross the the road like cars going sliding sideways and the moose is just do 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 moseying along well that's why i was concerned sitting in the car that's why i told the folks earlier we had a moose stories but in alaska you get moose report i mean really there's like every day someone who's either getting hit by a moose or do you think it's easy to be killed hitting a deer (laughs) first of all Today's cars are crumpled on cars, and you're gonna take the moose off at his ankles for God's sakes. That's the problem. They just fall right onto, right into the windshield, the roof, the hood, the roof of the car, and crush you. You hit a moose, chances are you're gonna get crushed, unless you're in a big truck with special bumper like I had put on mine. <laughs> we have a moose. I had a fighting chance of <laughs> of knocking the moose down instead of over the top. <laughs> well, my truck's lifted an extra three inches too. Yes, that would moose, be moose proof. That would be like that would be like a five inch lift for a jeep. Okay, so, so just to give you an idea how high it is off the ground, and then the bumper is uh, specially designed to knock wildlife down and underneath the tires. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. You know, chances are the odds are living at a place you would have hit a moose sooner or later. Yeah, so we made the transition from dangerous Somali Muslims to dangerous moose. Yeah, and also forget <laughs> I forgot to mention the all these cars going screech and spinning around and stuff, trying to not hit the moose. Uh, that now there's a big traffic incident. Everybody's colliding into everybody, and so th- there's that too. The, even if you don't get hit the moose, it just everybody just starts slamming on the brakes and smashing into each other. I know. There's not that many, probably there's not many people. Is there down south? There is uh, down by uh, Anchorage. There's a lot of people, and uh, it's a big city. And they're they, although they're not like big city, you know, down in the lower 48, they're still citified. Yeah, it's amazing. You put, make people live together in these large masses, and we end up becoming collectivists. All right, where was I? Oh, in Alaska, Denali Park. Giant moose cow and two calves. You did all that. The moose sometimes ignores. That's where you're at. The moose sometimes ignores nearby visitors and other times chargers from a distance. This moose is pissed. Had enough with humans. I I recognize the response. She is being unusually unpredictable, said Denali spokeswoman Kathleen Kelly. At one point, somebody can walk by and she doesn't care. The next minute... She could charge somebody who was 50 yards away, which is another reason I would never go there without my firearms. One incident sent a woman to the hospital for treatment. She was taking pictures of the moose and the calves when it became aggressive and charged the crowd, said Kelly. The woman fell down and the moose brought its hoof down, grazing her ear and striking her shoulder. See, I I would have used my 44 Magnum and emptied a whole six-shot cylinder into him. Yes, I would not stop until there was nothing left in the chambers. Uh, that's a charging bull moose or cow moose. Doesn't matter. 
uh, charging moose in Alaska. That's like a freight train coming at you fast. I'm telling you, they they kill grizzly bears. They 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 fear nothing. That's what makes them so dangerous. They have zero fear. Uh, I know it's hard to imagine, but it's true. Uh, what was he? Oh, yeah, striking a shoulder. The same moose gave minor injuries to another visitor. Wildlife technicians attempted to scare the moose away from the campground multiple times, even using clear paintballs to encourage it to leave, said Kelly. Why did you use colorful ones? That would have been better. It would have been cool. You would make it like a, it would be art. But the moose kept returning. We're focused on managing the visitors rather than trying to manage the moose at this point, Kelly said. We're really trying to send out a message on how to behave around wildlife. This is not, that's not normal behavior for that cow moose, by the way. This something up, something happened. I don't know. Something's got it either crazy or scared. The park said more visitors are hurt by moose each year than by bears. See? They it, agree with you. It, unless you become bear boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, people were taking bets on how long he was going to last before they <laughs> ate that kid. He was like, it was like Noodle Boy meets Grizzly Country. <laughs> there you go. And he was trying to spread a little social justice and the... If the bears got fed up with it after a while. It's enough's enough. It is social justice. It's my fish. Get your own. Mm, again for Fox News. Connecticut police have released a 911 call a homeowner made after his eight-pound cat turned violent and prevented him from entering the house. CBS New York says Mohammed Lachman of... How come everybody has a, a muscle, muscle name, name in the news? Yep. Is it just me? No, it's not. Stanford, uh, Stamford, was sitting in his car when he dialed 911 on his furious feline around 1.30 a.m. Wednesday. I have a problem in my house. I cannot go inside my house, Lokwood says to the dispatcher on 911. Called, obtained by Fox, Connecticut. Oh, and by the way, if anybody from the Dana show is listening, I already had this up before she did it last night, and I wasn't taking it down. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what a talk show host. We, we will inevitably be talking about the same stuff. That's <laughs> true. It was just so freaky. I just put the damn thing up, and I'm listening to her on the radio on my phone. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dana Lash is good. <laughs> Plus, it. she's very HDD, so she's got energy abound. Damn, I'm not taking it down. See, it's not bad to have ADD. It's good. This is the people with ADD achieve a lot of stuff. They have that energy to just keep going like an energizer. Yeah, body. and that's why they want to squash our, our young boys, our little boys in school. It's one of the many reasons. Okay, uh, where was? Oh, can't go inside the house. What's the problem? The dispatcher asked. The problem is my cat was acting too aggressive, and she attacked me and scratched me in my leg and bit me. So me and my wife, what? This is a guy? Oh, my God. That's yeah, a, it's a it's Muslim. It's metrosexual, isn't it? And a Muslim. Oh, and a Muslim to be. Yeah, you don't have a name Muhammad if you're not a Muslim, people. True enough. True <laughs> enough. Um, you have to take a Muslim name. That's another thing. It completely destroys your family line. They have to take a Muslim name. Your family just ended. Isn't it a great religion? I keep telling you it's not a religion. Okay, so me and my wife, we came outside and we cannot go in the home for like three or four hours, Lockwood says, from his car. 
This reminds me of Susan and the rooster. She was trapped inside the kitchen RV because the rooster had her pinned down. No, he literally attacked me when I walked out the door and pinned me down I'm, outside. I wasn't talking about that time. I was oh. talking, you wanted the phone. You were afraid to go outside because of the rooster. <laughs> now I just shoot him with a water gun. Yeah, now she's just a mean bitch. Sorry, I had to say it. She is. She's really mean to that rooster. That rooster hasn't really done anything to her. I don't think he can anymore. Anyway, he's a peck. His feet are falling apart, for goodness sakes. He's getting old. So these poor... Brave people are afraid of a kitty cat. Bush <laughs> got fangs! It's got fangs! <laughs> I told you folks that we were going to lighten it up a little bit because the uh, other stuff we just did previous to this is pretty damn depressing. Yeah, that segment probably had a few people's heads explode. <laughs> gorilla tape, gorilla tape, and a pen and paper. All always required for this show. All right. Okay, and this is, you said, a cat. The dispatcher says, sounding a little puzzled. Yeah, is, is this a mountain lion? Because if it's not, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, okay, so where is the cat? Sorry, where is the cat in my house? Okay, so you want the police to come and remove the cat? What is the problem? Like, the dispatcher asked. Lockman told the dispatcher that he wanted police to remove the cat. He said he didn't know why the pet was acting so strange. He said the cat had a kitten the night before and had been fine until she attacked him. Oh, you mean trying to protect the kitten? This isn't even a difficult one. Oh, I love animals. I've been around animals all my life. Well, some people would say I am one. <laughs> it's so aggressive and so bad, Lockman told the dispatcher. Katina Wargo with Stamford Animal Control told CBS News New York. That's the communist broadcasting station. The cat may have been trying to protect her kitten. See, thanks, smart dispatcher. Fox Connecticut said Lockman eventually got back inside with the help of officers sent to his home. Sergeant Kelly Connolly told the Daily Voice in Stamford that the officers advised Lockman and the cat to stay away from each other for the remainder of the night. You're kidding me, right? <laughs> no. Unbelievable. <laughs> Stanford, so, is that Connecticut, Freddie Chan? Yes, it is. You said it like three times. Oh, no, it's Stanford Animal Control in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, so they're inundated with muzzies as well. Well, they first got inundated with all the black poor people. They, they spread out from the Bronx into. Connecticut, up in, they've even gone up into, well, all the way up the East Coast, I guess. Uh, everything's changing, demographics are changing, and that's not such a bad thing. But when, when it's forced and it happens fast, bad things happen. So, anyway, they had to go sit in separate corners for the rest of the evening. I had, I had two cats, and I can't imagine if they both attacked me, I, I would... Run away? Yeah, I... <laughs> Those cats would be hanging by the backs of their necks, wondering what the heck was going to happen next. Now, I see, I could see it if it was a mountain lion that broke into their house and they come home and there's a mountain lion in their house. And I'm sure it's happened to somebody, uh, somewhere, sometime. But uh, not a kitty cat. I just scared of the kitty cat. Huh? What, what, 
you're afraid of infection or <laughs> scratched and cut by a kitty cat oh my god actually the scratch is probably the worst because they do tend to leave bacteria in little pockets the way their claws are designed and you do need to clean them or you get an infection but really it's a kitty cat it's, it's your own cat some people shouldn't own animals or have children <laughs> From NewScientist.com. New Scientist doesn't sound good. Old Scientist sounds good. You know, old, old, before they were corrupted. Now, new. They're all vying for the federal dollars or the big companies' dollars to that they whole purpose is to make their little experiments come out the way the people that pay for it want it to come out. That's science. That's new science. In the alpine grasslands of eastern Africa, Ethiopian wolves and Galata monkey are giving peace a chance. <laughs> but the Galatas, a type, type of baboon, tolerate wolves wandering right through the middle of their troops, while the wolves ignore potential meals of baby Galatas in favor of rodents, which they can catch more easily when the monkeys are present. Okay. So the monkeys help the wolves catch the rodents, and the wolves help keep the enemy at bay. It's it's a beautiful transaction. No, it's a free market exchange. I, I'm thinking the wolves are welfare wolves. No. <laughs> Sucking off the teeth of what the monkey wolves is bringing with them. No, the wolves protect from the other. See, I got a different take on it. I think they're welfare wolves. There's no such thing. And because they're, they're too lazy to catch the monkeys that are harder to catch than the rodents. You don't waste energy when you're a carnivore. You, you take the meat where you can get it easiest. Otherwise, you risk burning off too many calories, chasing it, or not chasing it and burning off a bunch of cows and not even catching it. The unusual pact echoes the way dogs began to be domesticated by humans and was spotted by primatologist Vivek Venkataraman at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. During field work at Guasa Plateau in the highlands of north central Ethiopia. Even though the wolves occasionally prey on the young sheep and goats, which are as big as young galatas, they do not normally attack the monkeys, and the galatas seem to know that, because they do not run away from the wolves. You can have a wolf and a galata within a meter or two of each other and virtually ignoring each other for up to two hours at a time, says Venkatatarman. In contrast, the galatas flee immediately to cliffs for safety when they spot feral dogs, which approach aggressively and often prey on them. When walking through the troop, the wolves seem to take care to behave in a non-threatening way. They move slowly and calmly as they forage for rodents and avoid the zigzag running they use elsewhere. Venkatar man observed. This suggested that they were deliberately associating with the Galatas, since the wolves usually entered Galata groups during the middle of the day when rodents are most active. He wondered he wondered whether the Galatas made it easier for the wolves to catch the rodents, their primary prey. Venkataraman and his colleagues followed individual wolves for 17 days, recording each attempted capture of a rodent and whether it worked. The wolves succeeded 67% of attempts when within a Galata troop. 
but only 25% of the time when on their own. See? Quid pro quo. <laughs> it's not yet clear what makes the wolves more successful when they hunt within galata groups. It could be that the grazing monkeys flush out the rodents from their burrows or vegetation, Megataramon suggests. Another possibility is that the monkeys, which are about the same size and color as the wolves, distract the rodents and make it easier for the wolves to approach undetected. I like to think of it as a mobile hide, says Claudio Salero, a conservation biologist at the University of Oxford, who studied the critical endangered Ethiopian wolves. The wolves benefit from hiding in the herd. Whatever the mechanism, the boost for the wolves' foraging appears to be significant enough that the wolves almost never give in to temptation to grab a quick galata snack. Only once has Man seen a wolf seize a young galata, and other monkeys quickly attacked it and forced it to drop the infant, then drove the offending wolf away and prevented it from returning later. The wolves may benefit from associating with the other species as well. For example, Solero has noted that they also tend to forage in the vicinity of herds of cattle, which may help them catch rodents. Other predators might also be doing this without anyone noticing, says Colin Chapman, a primatologist at McGill University in Montreal, Canada. I don't think we looked at it very much because the predators are usually scared off by people. I think it could be pretty common, he says. He thinks it could be pretty common. See, that's the new scientist. I think it could be. No, go prove it. It's science. That's the problem. New science has new people in it graduating from college at the time of millennials. I rest my case. Medical madness. Do you have something for this? I do. I know you do. You need to push the button. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, Scamler! And what would you do for Obamacare? Huh? Yes, you! Would you talk your mother into taking these federally subsidized pills in place of her upcoming bypass surgery? Sure. Hey, Ma, I got great news. You don't gotta go to the hospital after all. Just take these here pills and you'll be better in no time. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Eh, beats me. Would you leave your children hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? Mm, yeah, why not? Hi, sign here, and here, and here. What would you do for Obamacare? Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Comrade, would you publicly denounce the Republican Party and all it stands for? What? Would you agree to be bussed at government expense to a protest rally in front of Rush Limbaugh's home and walk around waving a sign that says, Rush to Fascism? You're kidding me, right? Would you be willing to dress up like Hitler and attend the next Saturday of Tea Party in your area? Mister, if you don't walk away from me right now, I'm gonna beat the shit. Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Me? Well, hell, I'd do just about anything. Would you tear up the U.S. Constitution? You bet I would. Here you go. Greetings, comrade. What would you do for Obamacare? Obamacare? Would you agree to donate your organs to medical science at the moment of your death? 
well, sure, I mean, if it might help save lives, I... What would you do for Obamacare? Alright, thank you, Dark Prince, D-A-R-C-P-R-Y-N-C-E, at YouTube. Okay. Medical Madness. <laughs> What? You want me to do that? Speak up. They can't hear you. Susan wants me to do the spiel. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> you can find our radio show rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com. Both channel A and channel B at the moment. Uh, there are two channels there now. They merged with Donna Fiducia's radio channel, internet radio, and they've come under the banner now of redstatetalkradio.com. And so now we have 24-7 conservative talk radio streaming, some of it live, for two channels, channel A and channel B. You can also hear our show on iHeart, iTunes, Blueberry, Podbean, Vanilla Bean, I don't know. I, I put it up all over the place. I can't, I can't even remember where I put it up, but... Uh, there you go with that. Now, uh, I don't have the new number. Susan didn't have it up here yet. For those of you that, you know, have data problems and you want to be able to listen to Conservative Talk Radio but you can't afford the data, you can just call up our listener lines. We have two. One, I know. The number is 605-562-4209. 605-562-4209. And, of course, you you can find the other phone number on the webpage, Blog Talk Radio, uh, RedStateTalkRadio.com. Also, they've got apps over there for your phones. So if you you want to want to listen on your on your cell phone for apps, that's fine. Uh, the listener line is just for regular phone. You can only listen. You can't talk. We also want to thank those listeners of our new AM and FM affiliates across the country. Uh, that's getting a little too long for me to do a spiel on every time. And with that. Oh, wait, don't forget, you know Susan's an author, right? Well, she is. You can go over to Amazon.com in the Kindle bookstore and do a search for Susan Francis Bonner. Susan Francis, with an E, Bonner. Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, a life-altering journey across North America. The book is huge, and there's no pictures. Uh, it's, it's, it tells the story of us traveling across the country while Susan was a travel nurse. Uh, and we were looking for a new place to move to. That's how we ended up in Montana. And what was happening behind the scenes in medical profession at the time and how it applies to the future. Also, it's sort of a travel book. We talk about, she talks about all the stuff we do in the book. And you learn a little bit about me and her that's personal. And you also learn the politics of the of all that's going on. That's Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, A Life-Altering Journey Across North America. It's an easy read. It's a good read. You don't want to put it down. You want to find out what's going to happen next. So give it a try. Also, if you have children, we have children's books. Uh, the Great Green and Old, The Christmas Pigs, and The Adventures of Izzy and Coco. Are all ebooks available? As is her novel, an ebook. Don't get the hardcover at all. That's been stolen. Uh, just the ebooks. Now, the 
yeah, these are four ninety nine. The children's ebooks that have pictures that were drawn actually by her nephew, which has autism, and he does all the illustrations in the book. So there's that too. The a really cool kind of and it kind of connects with the kids the way he drew it. So give it a shot. I guarantee you, good Judeo Christian message, not without being preachy, and there's really no religion in it, but the moral. The morals are there, and that's what that's what's important. Okay, now back to medical madness from CNS News dot com. Now it's art. Health and Human Services Secretary Sylvia Burwell told Congress Wednesday that there were more than two hundred and fifty million prescriptions for opioid drugs in twenty twelve. More than the number of adults in the United States. In the year 2012, there were 259 million prescriptions for opioids. What's more than, that's more than one for every adult in the country, Burwell told the House Ways and Means Committee during a hearing about the department's fiscal year 2016 budget request. Oh, please just stop coming after the dang pain meds. I can't even get pain meds that work for me because the doctors can't prescribe them because they're Schedule 1 and the Federal Register. It's hard enough to get help with pain matters. We we don't need any. Look, there's always got to be criminality around something you make banned. That is absolutely legal and constitutional. All drugs are legal and constitutional. What's what's unconstitutional is the FDA. Burwell was responding to Representative Richard Neal's Democrat Taxachusetts question regarding opioid. The opioid addiction issue is pronounced now across my congressional district and there are all sorts of stories about that indicate a nationwide trend and curious about the response of your department the agencies that you oversee and also to ask specifically about prescription drug misuse the evidence that you're coming across on that basis neil said that was more of a statement than a question wasn't it over 250 million prescriptions in 2012 for opioids, said Burwell. So that's how many prescriptions there were. So that's more than a number of adults in our country. So that was one prescription for every adult in the country in terms of where we are and the magnitude of the problem. And he said, wow, a lot of nothing talk. In fact, she said opioid overdoses and overdose deaths. How can you have opioid and overdose deaths? It would be an overdose of the opioid that kills you. Opioids don't kill you unless you take too much and then you stop breathing. Have exceeded the number of deaths from car accidents or any other accidental death, she said. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, then maybe you should legalize the drugs because federally they are already already legal because the Constitution doesn't give any power to the national government over substances. There were 43,982 drug overdose deaths in the United States in 2013. Of these 22,767, 51.8%, were related to prescription drugs. Of the 22,767 deaths related to prescription drug overdose in 2013, 16,235, or 71.3%, involved opioid painkillers, the CDC said on its website. Okay. Again. Make it legal, and I don't care if people kill themselves by Thank accident you. doing what they want to do. That's exactly right. Why Why are you getting into my business again? This is my pet peeve. They are really screwing with people in chronic pain. 
It is, it's like you said, it is the biggest medical problem we have. I know everyone says heart disease. No, it's chronic pain. There is hardly very few ways to management. I've done many articles on this and they just keep screwing with it. That they took tramadol and made it a narcotic is outrageous. No, they just made it a schedule one drug. There's a whole bunch of them that aren't opioids. I know. Now they said because it's so addictive. It doesn't even work on me. I don't understand why you people get addicted to this stuff so easily. <laughs> but so what? And, and so what? I mean, but you would have to have someone work with them if you're working on pain management. This is all legal, and it just shouldn't. It, it, it is all legal, even though it, I know it's not the reality of it. But under the Constitution, it's legal. And if it was, it'd be less problems. We shouldn't even have a Department of Health and Human Services or an FDA. That's uh, up to the states. That's right. It's unconstitutional. Anything you, the federal government can do, the states can do better. And the more local, that government can do better for their people. That's the way it works. The closer you are to government, the more you control it. That's what you must do. We must learn that we have to control it. It is controlling us. That's backwards. And all it's going to take is for you to flip a switch and realize it. Once, once Americans realize it, their game's over. If they haven't gotten to the point where they've collected all our guns yet, that's uh, game over. Well, they're going after our food. They're going after our medicines. They're going, they're after, going after our antibiotics. They're going after guns right now as we speak. She doesn't read my Twitter feed. That's they're going what, after Twitter? <laughs> the, yes, they are, as a matter of fact. Um, that, we should probably get that story, but this is all just big government Anything to grab more power, anything to make more legislation, more laws, more regulations, so they more control we the people than, than anything else. I mean, how much more can they get in your lives, for goodness sake? And you so-called liberals, oh, I want you to get out of my bedroom. We'd love to get out of your bedroom. Why don't you keep my tax dollars out of your bedroom? See, I kind of go where my tax dollars go. So that unconstitutional money, see, if you weren't, if it wasn't going there, I wouldn't care. See how simple that was? Constitution solves a myriad of problems. Problem is, no one understands the Constitution. No one understands there's nothing wrong with the Constitution. What's wrong is we, the people, are not enforcing it. It is our job to enforce it. In that form of government that was created, we are self-governing. We must control our government, not the other way around. Once we realize that, with enough people, the whole world will change. I'm not kidding you. The whole world. Work the plan. Work the plan. The whole world will benefit from it. As someone said to me on the internet, my God, when America falls, there'll be nothing left. And that's right. But. No, I just want you to read the next paragraph because it's really Well, I'm important. trying to, but you keep. <gasps> well, because I have so much to say <sighs> on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Burwell offered three solutions to the problem of opioid overdose. I, can, I give you one. Get government out of it. The first solution, you see, said, is prescribing. Now, see, here's another thing. Why isn't any any family members, caregivers, etc., given uh, naloxone and instructions on what to live? If they take too much, their breathing's going to slow down to dangerous levels. Their pulse is going to drop. Hit them with nar hit them with this naloxone, Narcan, and it, do it carefully. Otherwise, they instantly have no drugs in their system and if they're really in a lot of pain that means instantly they will be screaming so you got to 
put in a little time. But why, if they're going to, see, you give opioids. The only safety problem is if they take too much, they'll stop breathing and die. However, if someone's there and breathe and helps them breathe, give them mouth to mouth, they won't die. It's just they forget to breathe. Their, their nervous system just forgets to breathe. But that goes on too long. You have cardiac arrest and, you know, you get the idea. But if you're there's someone there, then you're safe. They have the naloxone. They know what they're looking for. They find you collapsed in the bathroom, hardly breathing. They give you a little shot of naloxone, clears some of the, the opioid out of your system, and you start breathing again. I've done this to numerous people. Eh? I've also given them the the whole shot treatment where you just give them the whole shot of naloxone. Yeah, wow, that's not a good thing. They wake up immediately. They're pissed. They're sick. They start throwing up. I hate people to throw up. It's a mess. I don't like dealing with that. Not in my ambulance. I, I hang them out the back door. I'll have to throw up and I pull them back in. Uh, not in my ambulance, please. But, well, there's, there's another backstory. There's more to that story than that could be told right now. Anyway. Back to this. So it's three things that is going to make everything better. Proposed providing new prescribing guidelines for pain and pain medication. That would be great if it said give it more. And the use of prescription drug monitoring plans, which exists in almost all 50 states. Again, more control. Right. Prescribing drug monitoring plans are the means by which a physician has the opportunity to look up and see that a controlled substance was already given to you and control it that way. Control, Same thing with control, pharmacists, control, said Burwell. Control, yeah, see, control, that, control, the ACA, ACA, centralizing information, that's what they're talking about. This is the way centralizing information is going to work. You see, you can't play the game because if you go to any other doctor, your prescription from the other doctor is in a system. And the minute he pulls you up, it's going to be the first thing a doctor sees, I guarantee it. And also the government can monitor what you're doing and what drugs you're taking. They already can. They have already centralized the information. Susan. Yeah, but more. <laughs> so I don't know what the heck you're talking about. More. More than they're already doing. Anyway. Uh, prescription drug monitoring no, no. plans. Number two. I, oh, same yeah. thing with ph pharmacists. Yeah. Yes. Number two is the use of naloxone. There you go. Say. Which is a very important drug that actually stops death. It doesn't stop death. <laughs> it just idiot. it just blocks the receptors from the opioid making contact with it and therefore all the where it's blocking it all the effects of the opioid are gone it's still in your system but it can't do anything because naloxone is more aggressive at binding with those i'm trying not to get too technical binding with, with that, the, the receptors yes with the receptors um so you know that's how it works and it works well and like i said if you give it too much you get instant withdrawals from somebody <laughs> they they will go through instant withdrawals so you really don't want to do that even though i wasn't doing it to be me and that's how i was told to do it i just learned not to so number three is the issue of medicaid assisted treatment combined with behavior issues and making sure that we don't treat for those who are addicted very well could go oh so you don't treat people who are addicted Huh? How did they get addicted? Oh, from treatment. But then you're going to stop treating them. Right. Why? Because it says <laughs> we don't have to. Behavioral issues. That means they're going to send you a psychobabble person. 
Which, and take your guns in away. In some cases, is fine, but it definitely, you get into this part of Mess. the system, your guns are going to be gunned. He's already got plan. There's executive orders going down already, banning more than 10 round magazines, banning assault weapons. This is all going to be done through the BATFE, no congressional law at all, no congressional, but whatever. I, if you want to see it, it's up on my Twitter feed at Brian Bonner. It's not hard. Spell the name right. If you spell brain, I, I I understand the I understand the confusion because I'm so brainy. But it's Brian B R I A N, not A I N. Although everybody keeps writing it the other way. All right. So again, from CNS News, while addressing the Catholic Health Association conference in Washington D.C. Yesterday, it might have been another day, I don't know. President Caesar Barack Obama said that the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, would not have been enacted had it not been for Sister Carol Keehan, the president of the Catholic Health Association. She's going to rotten hell. Yes, she is. Keehan, whose association represents more than 600 Catholic hospitals around the country, primarily promoted the final passage of Affordable Care Act in 2010. Let me say, these are Catholic hospitals by name only. Uh, even though, even if it may be owned uh, some way by the Catholic diocese, they have a CEO and a board of, and their own board in that hospital. They, the Catholic Church does not run the hospital. The nuns no longer are, are walking the halls and taking care of people because all the poor people had to get free care. And you can't get free care if you have to pay someone to care for them, right? So they, see, nuns are great. Uh, now it's all gone, thanks to the national government, and that's not how it is anymore. And Catholic, the the Roman Catholic Church has become socialist, commie, progressive hellhole. Okay, and uh, so that's why I want you to get confused as why she would do this because she's in. They are on board with the New World Order, One World Global Socialism. They are the Vatican is on board, and they already have their spot in the New World Order. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, by contrast, opposed enactment of the Affordable Care Act because it would fund and facilitate abortion, lacked conscious protect, conscience protection, and did not cover immigrants. Oh, and see, there's the socialists. Did you see it? Oh, and you're not covering immigrants. They, they just have this notion everyone has a right to health care. Again, if it involves another person, you don't have a right to it. Got it? Good. Well, I don't know whether this is appropriate, but I just told Sister Carol I love her on a big stage, said Obamas. It's true, though I do, Obamas said. She is just wonderful. Her dedication to doing God's work here on earth, her commitment to serving the least of these, her steadiness, her strength, her steadfast voice have been an inspiration to me. Wait a minute. She is a functionary, a, bu a bureaucrat. No wonder he loves her. Her commitment to least of these, her steady strength. Really? Where was she when uh, Mother Teresa was over there taking care of the poor? I didn't see her there. Where was she when the nuns wanted to come back, escape the ISIS monsters? I don't know where she was, but I know where she is. Obama didn't love her. She's a commie. That's why Obama loves her. And she is not doing God's work. And yes, I know you could threaten me all I want. I, I, I am considered by the Catholic Church still a Catholic. And I was a Franciscan friar, so kiss my backside. Yeah, he loves her because she's kissing his. I, I she is genuflecting. It's the same kind him. of problems that were going on in the church when I was there. There was way too much redistribution of wealth. 
Father Coglin with his social justice nonsense. Yes, she is genuflecting and kissing his ring. If she, he just absolutely loves her, we hate her. <laughs> I think that was. But it ain't God's work. I'm no. oh, sorry. We were not not if he likes it. We would not have gotten the Affordable Care Act done. There's a, there's an example right there. That's evil. Pure no, she's going to hell. It not been for her, said Obama. I want to thank the entire Catholic Health Association for incredible work you do. I'd like to say just for that, Catholics should start taking stock of what their church is doing and start taking yep. a real hard look at whether you agree with it or not. Yep. See, we got to fight this fight on all fronts, Brian. And you know what? During the Revolutionary War, we did so as well. I don't. I don't bring it up all the time, but there's numerous prongs to my plan. One of them is strengthening the family unit. The one is taking back our churches from the progressive commies. Uh, yes, your pastor should be talking to you about abortion. That is appropriate. That is a moral issue. That happens to entangle politics. And by the way, why why should they not be able to speak about politics? What happened to freedom of speech? You know, they should just be willing to give up their non-for-profit status. I would even think about it. I would say, screw. Don't even bother giving me non-profit status because, man, my, my church is all about politics. What? I am. I'm well, a reverend, and this is, and these are my flock. Hi, flock. You got Reverend Bro Broden is trying to do that as well. Yes, he is. And nobody's reporting on him. He he ran a local campaign. He he kind of took my my idea and took it to heart. And he ran for local office, and he ran as an underdog, and he didn't have the support of the party, and he won. Now, you're talking about Broden or Klingenschmidt? Oh, Klingenschmidt. Yeah, no, no. Pa Pastor Broden is running a movement. He's out of Texas. We interviewed him like two years ago. I should get in touch with him again. I'm trying to, to remember To get rid of non-for-profit status for churches. He wants a bunch of pastors See, to See, I mixed that up with Klingenschmidt. I, I thought we had talked no. about that, too. Well, he, we did talk about it with him, but he, know, he knows Pastor Broden, actually. But he knows that this movement, this pastor, black, by the way, not that that matters, um, yes, it does matter because, ha ha! See, he's black and he's doing it too. So there you go. Right, and it's the right. He's trying to fix his people too. Yep. But you know, it doesn't matter what color the person and skin is; they should be able to talk to people without them tuning them out because of their skin color. That really drives me crazy. I don't care who acts that way. I've had a lot of problems with my fellow white EMTs and paramedics in New York City as well because of the way they treated people and talked about people. And uh, I said, look, you're not, if you want to be a cop, go get on the list and get the hell out of here. And you're here to help people. If you're not here to help these people, then you don't belong here. That's your job, to help them, not put them down. No one ever told you you were guaranteed they were going to be nice to you or appreciate what you do. Well, anyway, so he's starting, trying to, did start a movement to get more and more pastors and churches uh, away from the non-for-profit so that they can do political speech. It shouldn't even be an issue for the non-for-profit, frankly. Again, it goes against where the in the Constitution does it says it gets to tell churches what to do? Well, it's true. Because... Or, or, or employ, or give out non-for-profit status. In other words, don't have to pay taxes. Where was that in the founding of our country? I don't remember it, but they didn't tax churches just because it was the wrong thing to do. People donated. They already paid taxes on it. They understood that would be double taxation. This government has no problems with double, triple, and quadruple taxation. does it all the time. You just don't know they're not supposed to. 
It's actually a, it actually is precedent. They're not allowed to. The end of show. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go. It's been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're at it! Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.